Cozy Zone friends, Ben Weber here. I'm sitting here in my living room. It's Tuesday morning. Peanut is with me. Peanut the cat. She's on the table. She's giving me a look with her one eye. I'm feeling good. I just took a shower. I'm about to do my morning pages. I'm about to make myself a cup of coffee. But I I really wanted to... Uh, get this episode out into the world. Uh, This is a very special episode. Episode 25, Courtney Body, one of my bosses who I see every day for many hours a day. We work together in Times Square. We bring art to the children together. uh, And it is an honor that she took the time to sit down with me. She took me to a place that she calls the Arboretum in Prospect Park, and we sat and had a nice, long, cozy conversation about all sorts of things. One of the things that came up was the artist's way. Uh, I've talked about it a bunch before on this podcast, but for those of you just turning in, turning in to people who listen to the Cozy Zone, uh, we also like to say tuning in. For those of you just tuning in, the artist's way is a... 12-week artist discovery program created by Julia Cameron. Um, And one of the main components of The Artist's Way are morning pages, which are three pages of free written, handwritten writing, uh, as well as artist dates and exercises uh, designed to get you thinking about your creative self. Um, And Courtney and I talked a lot about The Artist's Way and she told me that she loves looking back at her old morning pages. Uh, and it is something that I'm, I'm certainly very frightened of doing. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm afraid I'll discover that I was an idiot or that I was a monster, that I had feelings that I, I didn't want to admit to. Um, and I usually, you know, just write my three pages and, and put them away and never look at them again. But I decided... In honor of Courtney's episode, I would I would go into the archives and pull out some of my own, my old morning pages. Oh, excuse me. And so I found one, uh, a notebook from two years ago, actually literally two years ago to this day. Today's September 1st, 2015. I found my morning pages from September 1st, 2013, two years ago. Uh, And I write, I feel I must read more. The morning pages are a serious artistic commitment. There's always a deep sense of commitment to yourself if you want your art to succeed. My bladder was consistently 
uh, has consistently felt funny every day. I have woken up today. We will spend time with Elisa and Chelsea and Liz. I always have to crack my back in a very intense and profound way. The fact of the matter is, I need to finish my thesis and continue my work with survivors of domestic violence, uh, as well as perpetrators of domestic violence. Nicolette reminded me that those who enact violence against others have experienced violence themselves and have been taught that this is a socially acceptable response to their feelings. Art, dreams, movement, yoga, bodywork, all of these things would be crucial to survivors and their children. For the children, too, this has been a truly amazing break. Okay, so that that was a, a snippet of some of my stream of consciousness morning pages from two years ago, thinking about my thesis project, working with survivors of domestic violence. I go on to talk about a lot of different feelings that I have. Uh, It actually feels pretty cool to go back and realize that even two years ago, I had been diligently working on this practice. So friends, without further ado, please snuggle up to someone you love and enjoy episode 25, Courtney Body in the Arboretum. I'm always looking. I'm looking too. I love looking. <laughs> this is how this is how Jamie Roaches began on the High Line. Is oh, that really? like you sit you sit in a station? Wait, have we started? We've started. Oh, yeah. You sit in a stationary position in New York, and you know you get to ogle the passersby. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you feeling today, Courtney? Uh, I'm feeling all right. I uh, I. Uh, Went to a wedding yesterday. You were there. I was there. We uh, we saw each other there. It was so nice. It we was, celebrated together. We did. It was a beautiful celebration. Danny um, and Renata. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Couldn't be happy for you. Happier for you. I'm so Happiest. happy for both of you. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, Renata was beautiful. Beautiful. And Danny, handsome. Very handsome. Always, I would say. Yes. Uh, and it was a, a joyous occasion. Oh. Uh. Um, so, so to get back to your question, uh, how am I? I'm hungover. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I've already had two naps. Oh, today. Today I woke up, went back to sleep, then I woke up again, texted you. Okay. Took another nap and then got myself together. That's interesting because <laughs> if I were to have done the same thing, mm. I wouldn't call them naps. Like if I don't, <laughs> if I don't get up, it's like I'm, this is still part of but the... But I did get up. Oh, you got I, up. I got up and I, I did a few things. Like, uh, oh. you know, took my morning pills. Okay. You know, did a, a few things in the bathroom. Okay. And then I uh, went back into the bed. I see. Uh, you know what? The second nap, I did. I woke up, was like, what? Oh, it's nine thirty. Oh, look, it's not raining. Oh, look at the weather. Okay, so I did stuff, but I never. You're right. I never got out of the bed. Yeah. But I then set my alarm to make sure I got up to get ready. But it feels <laughs> like. I mean, I. It feels like a nap is a. Uh, is a bit of currency. Like if you if you live a life where naps are part of it, like that's a good life. And I I I don't know. I I'm working on living that kind of life. Uh, well, we we I had two places to do this uh, from, and the other place would be my nap zone, which uh, is my cozy zone, and my uh, AKA my couch. Your couch. Yes. Uh, which is uh, this like deep 
chocolate brown sort of velvety couch that I bought about two years ago with that like was the purchase that made me feel like a real adult. (laughs) It wasn't the television. It wasn't the fact that I like live in my own apartment. It was buying a couch. (laughs) That's wonderful. Um, Because up until that point, for the most part, every single piece of furniture in my house was given to me in some way. That's also beautiful. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. So this was a purchase that I, I, I made. I, like, purposefully sought it out, found it, you know, decided on the color, made a very big adult decision. Yeah. I guess that, that usually feels the same when people, like, in suburbs or in other parts of the country buy a car. Yeah. But, but you spend more time on a couch in this city oh, than you would in I a car. I spend so much time. And that is where I nap. Yes. Um, so yeah, I take lots of naps in my on my weekends. My weekends try I try to make them uh, as relaxed as possible because my weeks are so intense. Yes. Um, not every weekend could be that way, but when no. I can have that time where I could just chill on the couch, there will definitely be a nap involved. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah. What do do ideas come out of your naps ever? Or is it just rejuvenation? Hmm. Sometimes there's a there's there are ideas. I have I find that I have ideas in uh, a variety of places. Um, most times it's in the shower mm. Mm. <laughs> um, because it, it gives like I have a routine, right? So I know what my routine is. Right. So that it just sort of while the body is doing what it normally needs to do, the brain can sort of be elsewhere yes although there are times when sometimes i'm like did i wash my face i hope i did (laughs) um i used to back back in my 20s or or, uh yeah my early 20s i did the artist way Mm -hmm. um uh to unlock my creativity yes i've done it a few times since uh but that was the first time i did the morning pages yes or and then also uh went to sleep with a question in mind so that my dreams helped sort of formulate an answer or begin to formulate an answer so that when I was writing in the morning, something would come out. So a lot of ideas came to, to mind at, uh, in, in that time. So I find that that happens. I wake up thinking, do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, which is weird. I, (laughs) I uh, have started the artist way so many times. I'm actually still doing the morning pages. Like I did some morning pages today. Yeah, it's great. Uh, That's like, I, that's the part where that I can really kind of like latch onto. Mm -hmm. And it, it is a part of my routine that feels really cleansing. Like just getting all of the garbage out of myself and onto a page. And so then I don't need to worry about it. And I feel like I've accomplished something creative already. Do you think it's garbage though, or is it? Is it? Is there some, um, you know, diamonds in the rough in there? You know, I I never look back. Like I, de- it is oh, definitely I used to read and reread. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. Like I have a lot of morning pages, oh. and like they're in notebooks. Like mm-hmm. they're they're waiting to be read. But like it it will be a very intense thing because I I'm very like, uh, I guess monstrous about what i write down like it's like there's no filter like it's, it's like great. yeah it's just like whatever That's exactly what it's supposed to yeah, be yeah exactly and it's just like and there there's like a bit of um you know like if i was then to like look back at more like a sort of a more uh, critical lens i'd be like oh god like but could you but it's still <laughs> just yours sure so why would you judge yourself i don't know 
So I do. I I don't know. Yeah, but I think uh, me because I just think that the world is uh, often so judgmental. I mean, we can be really judgmental of each other. Yeah, um, which becomes some some some. Uh, form of voice inside our head right yeah. uh but you have to like n- knock them out totally um i mean i'm, I'm totally judgmental of myself yeah but uh i used to love going back and read mm. i'd still do sometimes i love yeah. to read uh past journals just to remember wh- who i was then yeah um and sort of re re uh yeah reconnect and then remind myself of yeah. who I was and how either I'm still the same or yeah. different from that that Courtney. I will like make... 2005 Courtney is very different than 2015 Oh my Courtney. God, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I would like to go back and look at them. I think when we're done, I you think know, that's you something... You could do it in chunks. Of so course, oh. Make it success, you know, don't get overwhelmed. No. If you do, stop. No, I'll set a little date for myself. I'll schedule sure. a little appointment and you know, light some candles and make you know make a cozy <laughs> zone. Yeah, make a bubble bath, perhaps. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh God, yes, please. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Um, oh, hello. <laughs> we are being um, gawked at by a group of uh, a family. Yes. A, oh my God, there's a lot of a them. large family. A large. They yeah, are the, brightly we, colored. There too. is, yeah, there is a moment we were alone for a while, and now so everyone's the thoroughfare. Everyone's here. We got a lovely, a lovely. Have we, have we even dog. explained where we are? No, no. no. Let's talk about yeah, that. tell tell us about where we are, Courtney. Okay, so this is I've uh, uh, when you asked me, I w- this was the place that I really wanted to do, and I was worried about the weather. Yeah. Though I guess if it was raining, we would be okay. Um, so we are in Prospect Park. We are uh, just south i believe of the boathouse i'm not sure what the, i think this has a name i like to call it the arboretum but i don't know if that's true um and it's facing it's like a trellis a big old right yes. trellis that has um trees uh sort of interwoven between the wood uh interlocked um so it creates a canopy uh and then we uh are looking out onto a part of the lake um, that to me looks like a pond. Yes. And it's sort of mossed over. Uh, so it's very green, very lush. And there's a lot of nature around here. A lot of birds. Yes. A um, plane flying overhead. <laughs> plane <laughs> flying over, yeah. Um, I've seen people fishing here. Yes. Uh, not today. Not today. Anyway, uh, and the, it's also a pathway to get t- towards uh, the other part of the lake, which is, um, I guess, the southeast side. Yes. By the rink. Mm-hmm. By the Lafrac Center. The Lafrac. Yep. And the slide, and the splish splash slide. Yeah, the uh, zone. What <coughs> what's it called? The the splash pad. Splash pad. I believe I it's can, called. I have lots of names for it. That I splish never get that one. Zone. I like. <laughs> I like. You know, and I I think that's the joy of it is you can name it. It's like you know that's it's yours then. Yeah, if you I do that a name lot. Name it. Yeah. Oh, I, of course. <laughs> um. So I I like this area. For for various reasons, one uh, because it's quite it can be quite peaceful. Yes. Um, and this morning I was thinking like why why is it that you like this uh, spot? And I think it's because it reminds me of my hometown. Oh. Uh, so I am from Port Washington, Long Island, uh, which is a peninsula. So it's very it's set very far away from the main highway, uh, and it's so it's kind of like cut off town. And uh, I lived in many, many houses within the town and many parts of the uh, 
the town township um but the last house that i lived in that was uh the longest i, I moved there when i was 10 uh and my parents uh moved away from it in i think 2004 um <clears throat> it was it was off it was like this tiny little street i'm not joking like just as big as this with these little tiny houses <laughs> oh. uh I, I i think it was maybe 12 houses in total okay and our house was, was set on a nice lot, uh, plot. We had a lovely backyard and a little back patio. Um, and it was off of a pretty main road called Shore Road. And, and then on the other side of Shore Road was the bay. So I'd wake up and see the bay. And then we had two ponds. And I lived off of near Mill Pond. And then there was Baxter, Baxter Estate Pond. Um, and when I was a kid, even if, if even before we lived in that particular neighborhood, uh, it was always a very exciting time to go, let's go feed the ducks. Let's do it. We have some stale bread. And so that was like a big trip <laughs> to go <laughs> from our house. We'd either walk or maybe we'd drive, but normally I think we walked and we'd go just like hang out at the pond and get so excited about ducks, like, you know, squabbling over bread that is so nice <laughs> do you do you still get excited about convening with nature in that way to this day yeah yeah no i think because you know you live in a big city yeah uh which i wouldn't uh uh ever give up um but i think being around nature i'm not <laughs> like uh i don't like to be naturific you know what i mean no um like I'm not, I'm, I don't go on hikes. I see. I'm okay. not that kind of person, uh-huh. but I like to be surrounded and sort of peaceful. Yeah. Within, like listening to the birds chirp. Yeah. That was something that uh, I used to wake up to birds chirping in my backyard. It's so nice. <laughs> and that was something that uh, when I used to live on Eastern Parkway was missing from my life, and then moving to this neighborhood with trees and hearing birds and just. It's a night for me. It's a nice balance between that sort of suburban life and urban life that I like. So this is this is very much related to kind of the central question of cozy zone. Ah. Is you know you said that you it sounds like you want to be a New Yorker for life. Like this is this city is your home, uh, or at yeah. least for a good long while. I, I think so. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's because my family's here. Also, yeah. it's hard for me to imagine living elsewhere. Though I have, yeah, uh, but. Um, decidedly, yeah, I, I knew as a kid I always wanted to live in the city. Yeah. Uh, we used to come in for shows, uh, uh, Broadway, off-Broadway, um, and sometimes we would actually stay for a weekend, and, and, and that was like a very exciting time. Absolutely. My parents love theater and uh, really did everything they could to bring my sister and I uh, into the arts and encourage any yes. artistic <laughs> notion we had. Yeah. Um, but I always remember on the train. So the long, the Lur, L-I-R-R, Lur. Uh, Lur. Um, Port Washington has its own line. So it's the only line right. that doesn't go through Jamaica. Okay. So it's a pretty quick trip. Yeah. Um, and there is this point. I, uh, I, I'm not exactly sure if it's like after Woodside or just as you're getting towards Woodside that you finally see the city skyline. And that to me as a kid was so exciting. Mm. Cause it was like, Oh, I'm going to be there in like, 
15 minutes. Yes. And then once you're there, the hustle and the bustle of Penn Station and going to Times Square or to, you know, wherever, like that all just made so much sense to me. <clears throat> and and as one who grew up in Long Island, um, there are a lot of people who don't ever leave. I mean, there are a lot of people who commute, obviously, but people don't leave. Uh, uh, and that's a big general statement, but yeah. there are a lot of people who like Long Island is where they live. Absolutely. And for me, I somehow I just knew this is not where I'm going to end up, though I loved where I grew up. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. I, so well, it resonates very strongly to me. Like you're talking about these two ponds and going to the ducks mm. and sort of, you know, waking up to birds chirping mm. and this sun, you know, you lived, you, you grew up in this bucolic landscape and yet you were drawn to as you were saying the hustle and bustle of the city i mean there's something unbelievably special about new york city but one thing in my experience that it is not is bucolic and tranquil like sort of with you know because it is the crossroads of the world um it is so easy to feel ragged and feel you know like thinking about living even on eastern parkway not mm-hmm. too far from here mm-hmm. like that is a in hugely intense thoroughfare it is and you know not not even the most intense thoroughfare but that if that is where your your home is mm-hmm. it it's it's grating and so so the question about all of this is like how do we how do we sustain ourselves? How do we nourish ourselves? Mm. How do we acknowledge our bucolic nature roots sort of in the face of yeah. this hustle and bustle? Well, it's interesting because when I lived on Eastern Parkway, I barely came to Prospect Park and I wasn't far. I was just, you know, like six, maybe six blocks, um, like six normal blocks. I think it was actually four. <laughs> uh, so I wasn't far from Grand Army Plaza, but uh Somehow, until I got a bike, I didn't really go there much. And then once I got the bike, I was like, oh, my God, this place is amazing. So we used to ride around, and then I really started to get into it. But uh, I would say I spent a lot more time in the park now that I live much in it. I think it's about the same distance, actually. But for some reason, it's just a little bit more accessible for me. Um, And I feel like that has made a big difference. Um, I also lived in a pretty crappy apartment. Um, So I think it's a combination of different things. I feel like uh, there are people who feel like uh, to live in New York, you have to live in squalor sometimes. And that's just the way it is. And I know that that's sort of how I thought that that's all I could afford, I thought. Um, And once I sort of moved to where I live now, it it, it, it was a world of difference my apartment, my building, the building staff, all the people who live there, they're, they they seem to have a different pace than what's happening on Eastern Parkway. I don't know why, but uh, I, I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. And so I think, yeah, I think um, this, is a, this is a tough city. You're right. Uh, and um, to find places where you could be tranquil is not as hard as you think yeah but you do have to find it yeah um so for me i you know as i said i i grew up in a town where i was surrounded by water yeah there were beaches and and uh down docks and you always had water we live on an island manhattan's an island brooklyn technically is you know not brooklyn itself but it's on long island and uh i find it very hard to get close to water big bodies of water so that's one thing that challenges me uh I'm a cancer. I like water. Mm-hmm. I'm ruled by the moon. 
<laughs> I, I wish I knew more about the Zodiac. I'm a sea goat, so I imagine I also like water, but mm. I'm afraid of the ocean. Really? Yeah. I like lakes, so I grew up by an enormous lake, mm-hmm. and so it's fresh water, but there aren't sharks in a lake, and it's not salty. And, right. Um, you know, it's not quite as, as mighty as no as uh, an ocean. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a big ocean dipper. I don't, I don't have like a body board, right? A boogie board. Boogie board. Yep. Um, yep. I'm not that person, uh-huh. but I just, uh, I went to block Island recently and I, and, uh, it was, uh, a stout, like you're, it's literally in the, an Island in the middle of the ocean. Uh, and it was beautiful and tranquil. Um, and, uh, I did go in the ocean and it was salty, <laughs> but I, I had a great time. Um, and I think that, you know, there are people who are pool people and there are people who are beach people right. and I like to have a balance. Yeah. Um, I think balance is also key to living a, a good life also, you yeah. know, of all sorts of things between pool and, <laughs> and ocean, yes. between hustle and bustle hustle and tranquility. And you know, I, I have a question about the, the things in your house. Like you said that most of the things that were given, that most of the things in your house were gifts, yes. were given to you. Yes. And I'm really curious about if any of those things like carry with it like power from the the people who gave them to you or like if they evoke memories and what that is like in sort of also in contradistinction to your couch. Okay. Uh, Sure. So my kitchen table was given to me by uh, one of my friend's ex-girlfriends who was getting rid of it and it was a lovely table. Um, And... Ironically, it's the one place in my apartment that is always cluttered. I do not eat at it, but except when people are over, I actually clear it off and it looks nice. But it has all my mail and other stuff on it. Um, And I I can't, I look at it every day and say, clean that. And I don't. And I don't know why. Uh, Does it carry weight? I don't. I often wonder, especially now that I'm, I'm making, I'm shifting to like buying my own pieces. Uh, I often think, you know, it's not big enough if I want to have like more than four guests over to eat, uh, that I should probably replace it. But it's a nice table that I would, I would be happy to give it to somebody else, like pass it forward. That's something that I think is interesting where, uh, the pieces given to you could be given to someone else and sort of give uh, joy or whatever to somebody totally. else in a, in a new way. Um, I, have a, I have two pieces from my, my dad's house. Uh, so once he passed away, I we all sort of claimed things. And I was like, I need a coffee table. I, I need that dresser. Um, and along with other like more sentimental things. Um, uh, so th- those pieces have some, some weight to them, definitely. Um, uh, I really like the dresser. Um, I like the shape of it. It's very long, um, and it, ha- it has enough room for all the different kinds of random things. Like, well, there's clothes in there and jeans, but then it, on the top drawers, it has like everything has a place, and it has this big old mirror, which I it's the only mirror in the house, so that is a uh, an important piece. And it's pretty. It's yeah. Like a, it's like a cherry wood. Oh. Uh, 
I think it's cherry wood. But like a rich a red, rich red, reddish yeah. wood, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, maybe not cherry then, mm. but it's rich. Could be. It's not red. Oh. So maybe that's not, maybe it's a different kind of wood. Could be a different stain. Yeah. But a lovely wood. Yes. Rich wood. Um, And then I have another piece. It wasn't given to me. I actually purchased it, I think, for $25 um, at the Salvation Army. It's a book. I use it as a bookcase. I don't actually know if it's... That's what it was for, because it has a little like a little door with little shelves mm. too, and then one another on the other side, it's just three big shell- shelves. And uh, I like that because I had to figure out how the heck to get that home. Because at the time that I bought it, I bought it at the Salvation Army on Flatbush, but I was living in Queens. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, so somehow I like shoved it into. Uh, I had a car at a, one point. My dad had uh, gotten a, a new car, and so he gave me his old one, which was really convenient because at the time I was in grad school and I was teaching at um, uh, Roundabout Theater Company as, te- as a teaching artist, and um, I had a, a residency at a school in Springfield Gardens, which is in Queens, but nowhere, and I mean nowhere near <laughs> a subway. I, uh, from my house, I had to take two buses that would take me about an hour and a half to get there. So having the car is right off the highway and it would take me literally 10 minutes. That's insane, right? (laughs) So that car was like everything. Yeah. Um, so, so figuring out how to get that back to Queens was, was fun. Um, another thing that happened is there was a big rainfall. Uh, I'm just going on that car for a second because, uh, I think this this piece bears some other kinds of weight yeah. because I again while I was in grad school I was a part of um, a troupe called uh, we were we I was part of a theater company called East River Theater Companies run by somebody who was a PhD at the time a PhD student uh, and we would rehearse in her house and she lives on Dean Street over near the state where the stadium is now and uh, <clears throat> I would drive from Queens to her house. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and there was a big rainfall and I had just filled up the tank, but noticed that it was at half and I was like, what? And I drove to, to Brooklyn, did rehearsal, had a great time. Uh, I think this was just after I had bought the piece. And that was the reason why I was, I bought the piece was because I was right there. Anyway, so I'm I'm now I'm driving back and I'm on Flatbush, uh, near Park I think, and somebody's like tooting their horn big time and I'm just like oblivious listening to music, and then this person pulls up and they're like your gas tank, you're leaking gas, what? So I immediately pull over onto Prospect, and sure enough, like I look at my gas tank and now it's on E. I have no idea what happened, but clearly there's a hole in my gas tank. That is the scariest thing. <laughs> Terrifying. I drove ever. all the way from Queens to Brooklyn oh my with God. not even realizing Oh, my this. God. Could have blown up. Yeah. Could have blown up. <sighs> um, so I called uh, my insurance, and they were like, you don't have AAA. <laughs> <laughs> Call the fire department now. So I called 911, and, uh, you know, and I didn't know Brooklyn very well. Like, I only knew this little pocket right sure. there. But I was like, how, how am I going to get home? What am I going to do? Because they had to take the, so all the, fu- sorry, the firemen came 
and uh, was this shelf in your car the, at, at this the time? time? No, but 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 I think why I'm t- I'm telling this story is because I just bought that shelf the week before. I see. I and see. And I must have associated like, what if? Right. What if that shelf was in there? Right. And the the tank was right. Like, you would have lost it. I would have lost everything, and uh, that would have been horrible. But so what? Okay, so what did the fire? Like they took your car away. Well, it was funny because I was I was being really like uh, self efficient, self sufficient, and you know calling and and making sure that nobody lit matches as of while course, I was yeah. waiting. Yeah. You know, like, how did you how did you stop that? Like, how- oh well, this guy had a cigarette in his mouth. I was like, gas. <laughs> Do not light that, sir. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh my God, what?" Uh, I just, just keep walking, just keep walking. So I was just doing like a little bit of man, you know, handling the situation. I wish I had cones, you know. <laughs> and then as soon as the two fire trucks came up and all these, like all these uniformed men came out, I went into like, oh, I don't know, I don't know what happened. <laughs> well, I'm very, very girly, without even skipping a beat. Oh it was very goodness. strange. I never experienced any. It was a moment, um, but they were very kind, and they like they plugged it up and they uh, put it in neutral and sort of towed it to the gas station, which is no longer there because it was right, literally right where the station, the the new stadium is. Yeah. Um, and then they said that they could fix it overnight, so I had to figure out how to get home. <laughs> um, and I think I ended up taking. I must have taken the Long Island Railroad. I don't know what I did actually. I can't. I blocked that out. I think. But it was some sort of epic. It was epic. Epic journey. Yeah. Did you get your car back? I did. I went back and picked it up like a few days later. It was fine. It was fine. Everything was fine. (laughs) Cars. That car was a was a Chrysler, I believe. Nice. Uh, American white four door sedan. Okay. Um, yeah, we had we had. Very interesting cars in my house growing up. I don't remember when I was born. I think we had like a brown, some sort of. Oh, excuse me. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is my phone. That is my probably an OK Cupid. Something or other. Yeah, that's what that was. Okay. Uh, cozy zone. Cozy zone. Telling the things. Uh, yeah. So we used to have like ridiculous cars. We had a green station wagon. Uh, that was like two tons that we used to love to play in in the back, all the way in the yes, back. Yes, the way back. Know, the way back. And we used to pretend to be taxi driver. Um, have I ever told you the story about no. uh, how you- I drove the car when I was nine years old? No. <laughs> well, it was not for long. Okay. But when I was growing up, Ben, uh, it was a different time. Kids could be left in the car alone with a running engine, uh, which is not necessarily the smartest thing to do but you know a parent might say i'm just gonna run into the store for a second do you want to come in no okay wait here and get out and so i went slid because you could do that back then because it was a banquette seat right i slid over to the driver's seat we're in the parking lot and i'm playing taxi by myself where you going ma'am you know all by yourself um and i thought oh let me pull this lever why? Why would I do that? I don't because know. Because that's what that's taxi what drivers do. do. That's what you do. So I You're pulled committing. it and I went into the reverse. The car started moving on its own, even though I, I wasn't accelerating or anything, nor did I understand how to brake. <laughs> um, and so it just started moving. I started screaming and then I ran into a car that was just happened to be uh, driving along, you know, to find a par- parking spot. 
So your first traffic accident was yeah. at nine? Nine. Nine Starting years early. Old. Wow. Started early. What happened? Uh, well, I got out of the car, didn't didn't know how to like not you know put it in park or anything, right. and just ran into the store and told my mom. Uh, and, and I recognized the woman, but I didn't know who she was. And then my mom was like mortified and oh. felt horrible. And then, you know, went out and apologized. And, um, you know, the lady was like, what are you doing? Like, why would you, why, what is she doing? Blah, blah, blah. And my mom was like, please, uh, please. It's, it's not her fault. She didn't know what she was doing. It was actually my fault. I'm so sorry. And they exchanged their information and, um, it, you know, it all worked out, but the car is really big. So the bigger thing was actually going home and telling my dad, Oof. because not only was it like your daughter, look what your daughter did, but also, oh crap, as your wife, like, look what I did too. So that that was a tough conversation. Oh man! And it was interesting because my I know my dad was really mad, but he was also terrified. Like he was like, "Do you understand how?" awful that could have been like that is a two-ton car do you know what two tons is courtney no it's two thousand pounds courtney two thousand pounds of car that could have crushed you or hurt you you can't do that again and then obviously my mom was like and i will never leave her alone in the car while it's running i promise it was really crazy um and then another time that car so we had moved to that other house uh that i was telling you about off the shore road and uh, <laughs> so there are two exits of that road. You could either go out and turn le- right or left onto Shore Road, but there was like a bit of a bend to the like a curve to Shore Road from the left, and um, you didn't always see what the car like a car was coming before it was too late, right? Or you can go out onto the other exit, which was onto Mill Pond, and then go to the light, or you can turn right. So my dad. My mom and I were on our way, I think, to go see a play at his high school. And I was maybe like 12. And this is before the days where you had to wear seatbelts. I'm setting it all up. The olden days. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, the, it was just before the laws, I think. Or, <laughs> or, or I was old enough not to wear one in the backseat, yeah. I think, maybe. Yeah. Um, anyway, so my dad was attempting to make a left onto shore road and still in the big station wagon and uh uh a car just like as he was just like slowly sort of turning or pulling out a car came barreling down and my dad uh being in the driver's seat and i was sitting behind him he was like rose move over so he because there was no way that he was going to be able to back back up but he like sort of slid over towards my mom so that he didn't get crushed because this guy ran right into uh the door the driver door and like completely um like it it was undrivable yeah total and i being also on that with the impact ended up uh flying across to the passenger side and hit my head or my cheek onto the window because of course i wasn't wearing my seatbelt right so you, your dad dodged out of the way, yeah. like in the car yes. from like this, this crushing impact. Yes. Not a scratch. Like besides a little bruise in my face, like everybody was fine. That's crazy. And this guy was probably driving about 50 miles an hour. That's crazy. It's crazy. This was the, the two ton. Uh-huh. And that was the thing that, that ended the two ton car. Jesus. Yeah. And then we ended up getting, um, 
this little Dodge. Like it went from this huge, enormous car to this little tiny blue Dodge that blew up on the highway. <laughs> How did it blow up? I don't know, but the engine... We, we were going to the airport. We were dropping my mom off in the airport. So we were on the Grand Central Parkway, I believe. And we had just passed like a gas station. I know this because my dad ended up having to walk over to the gas station after the car blew up. So what we were doing was we were going down to D.C. to visit my uncle. And my mom had just had a surgery a couple of like about maybe two months earlier. So she we were going to drive and, they, and she was flying. I don't know why we didn't all fly. I don't know. But this was a decision. I was like, road trip, you know, in this blue Dodge. And we're on our way to drop her off. And then we're going to keep going. Um, so we pass uh, 88th Street. I don't know why I remember that. But 88th Street uh, exit. And then, you know, there's smoke. And we're like, what's happening? And this guy, again, toot toot. Your engine is on fire. <laughs> And it's like, and then like some black smoke is now billowing through the air <laughs> fence. My dad pulls over and is like, get out. So we all get out. We have enough time to get our suitcases out of the back hatch, the hatchback, yep. right? And then we're like running and then boof. No. Not joking. No. Yes. Like a movie. Like a movie. Boof. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy i had no idea you had such car drama a lot of car drama unbelievable but again nobody was hurt that's incredible incredible right oh wow that was that took us on a interesting ride well it i i really (laughs) i'm really uh moved by the power of the objects in your house like that's sort of that's where how we got here that's right um, and that, that, that strange shelf. It sounds like if I were to make a hypothesis, it's like a media cabinet. Yes. Um, that's probably what it is. But this, I'm sure it's great for books. It is great for books. I'm actually, I'm ready, I think, now to replace it. Yeah. Um, and get a real, like, shelving unit slash bookcase. Yeah. Um, that is a little bit more in the style of everything else that's now like I have a media center yep. where my television's on and my DVD and I have a new bed frame and chairs uh, for the kitchen table that I never eat at. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there were, there were two things that, that piqued my interest. Oh. Uh, I mean, many things, but mm-hmm. two things that I think I, I would like to talk with you about. And the first one is, you know, so you were you were driving to rehearsal mm. to Dean Street uh, for a PhD in ed theater. So, you know, we our our relationship yeah. uh, exists because of teaching artistry and yeah. educational theater. Uh, and I I would love to sort of hear about I don't know what what led you to educational theater what le- uh, what has led you to the life that you have what has led you led you to be one of my two bosses <laughs> uh in the educational theater you know, i've I, I have been asked this question many many times and every time uh i answer it somewhat differently because yeah. of i guess who i'm talking to or yeah. what day it is i guess um but we talked about the artist way. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I went to undergrad um, in a state school and 
Um, it was a very small theater program, which worked well for me, uh, mainly because I didn't know all there was to know about theater. I just knew that you could act. And what was great about that program was, uh, as a theater major, you had to be involved in the shows. If you weren't on stage, then you were doing something else. So I, I became very gifted at being a light operator. And that was b before the days of computer boards. So I was all about, like, you know, ticking um, and getting everything precise. Yes. Um, and learn, like, about tech theater and building sets and that sort of thing. So that was really helpful. And when I graduated, uh, I wanted to sort of continue on, on the, uh, towards an acting career, but also thought, well, now I have a really good skill that I could develop as well in terms of technical theater. Uh, so when I got home, I, I lived at home for about a, a I think it was about eight months, but it was probably more like a, a year and a half, maybe. But I lived at home for a while. I had a, a, a initially I was hosting at a pizza place, and I had off on Mondays. I'm getting to your question. Oh no! I. <laughs> um, what, was the, and what was the pizza place? The pizza place was called Savatores. <laughs> Still there. <laughs> good. To and know. I was a really good host. I and it was have delicious, no doubt. like brick oven mm, pizza. Yeah. Um. And it was run by this family that has an association with Patties. Uh, yeah, Patties. Okay, or Patsies. Oh, Patsies. Thank yeah. you. Thank, sorry. Yeah. yeah well, Patsies. the old timey pizza yeah. like barons of like mm -hmm. uh, so Grimaldi's like, and all the all the people. Exactly. Are so they connected. had a really specific recipe for yeah. their pizzas, and people loved it. Mm -hmm. And I liked I liked that it was a family owned restaurant. I liked that they were people I didn't know but got to know. Um, so that was really a good sort of first step for me out of college just to sort of get my feet back on the ground. And I was also taking private acting lessons because when I came out of the school, I felt like I know how to perform, but I don't necessarily have acting skills. Like I don't know Meisner. I don't know any of these people. I see. Um, what is the distinction for you between like performing and acting? Well, now, now that I have a technique, yeah. uh, there's just work to be done that I wasn't doing mm -hmm. um, well, I think. Like, uh, and performing can be sort of ba uh, surface. I see. Whereas really like going very deep into a character and then bringing it back out, mm -hmm. uh, which now I do, I think, really well um, and really love how ingrained that technique nice. is in me. Mm -hmm. um, so I was working with an acting coach uh, who then I think started her started her own studio. I don't know where she is now, but um, she 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 worked with Uta Hagen, I believe. And so I read her book, which I can't remember the title of now. Um, An actor prepares. No, that's, that's Dan Slonsky's yeah. book. But but Uda you know, Then book, they were yeah. all in the like Meisner, Uta, Stella. Yeah, they were all in the same camp, right? Yeah. And they had their own specific technique. So she just sort of blended her own like what her discoveries were was as an actress with her training and made her own Lynn Winters <laughs> technique mm -hmm. and so that's what I learned um and th the first thing that she gave me was the artist way so I was doing my morning pages I was doing the artist date which I yes. still do and love yes me too I love my artist oh dates. my god it's so important it, 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 it crazy important yeah so uh that summer was a summer of discovery for me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm 22, I think, or 21. And oh no, no, I guess I was 22. I was 22 and living at home and hosting at a pizza place. And every Monday I had off. And so every Monday I would go into the city and do some sort of, and I was poor. 
So I would go to do free stuff. So like uh, I would go to the American, the Native American Museum, uh, Museum called? of American the American Indian, Indian. yeah, mm-hmm. Museum of America, uh, and that because it was free to get in. Yes. Um, or I would go to the park uh, and look at public art, and I realized, oh, I don't know much about visual art, so I should do that. Anyway, so I was walking home one day from the train station, and I used to go to the library a lot because we didn't. I don't remember if we had a computer at home or if we did, I wasn't allowed to use it or something. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I was walking towards the library, and I, but I was on the opposite side of the street. From the library. I'm just picturing you, you like <laughs> the computer exploding or leaking yeah, gas. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, and there was this house, this beautiful old sort of rundown house. And I remember just standing across the street staring at it and being like, oh, somebody should do something with this house. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it could be like an art center. All of my friends are very artistic. I'm artistic, but I don't know anything about teaching. That's where it, that's where it started. I literally just had this idea of like, could I create an art center in this old in house? This old house, and could my friends be the ones to do like it could be it could be like a performance space, and then we could have classes during the day. We could have them in all different kinds of. And I had written everything out like I'd written out a business plan oh without God. realizing what I was doing. Whoa. And sort of mapping out like schedules oh, and rehearsals yeah. and all that. And then I thought, well, I should probably go to school for teaching. And so I looked around for, I put, I think I put like theater and education in a search and NYU's program came up and I was like, oh, okay. So that's something. And the uh, University of Arizona State yes, came up. Arizona State, yeah. um, I think those were the only two. And I was like, okay, so this looks like something. I should keep this in mind. But maybe I should like do something first. Maybe I'll just focus on acting first, and then I'll get to the teaching. And I'd always had jobs that revolved in, in some capacity with kids uh, prior to that. And, and when I when I got a full-time administrative job, it was in an office for a brokerage. And then I left there to work in a, a home for mentally disabled uh, and physically disabled kids. Mm. Um, and that, for me, was like a, a turning point f- to see, oh, okay, I, I really like working with kids. Yeah. I also don't know anything about like taking care of kids in that way. But yeah. um, I was a quick learner yeah. um, and had built like really nice relationships with the kids. So uh, eventually it led, my, it led me towards going to school. Um, Did you ever make that art center? No, Ben. <laughs> I oh. did not make that art center. You know why? No. Because I had, I ha- well, okay, so just to go back to that, that building was up for Landmark. Okay. But it was owned by the library. Oh. And the, the library was fighting the Landmark or Historic Preservation because they wanted to basically knock it down to make a parking lot because their parking lot wasn't big enough. And that had already been in the works. Oh. And I was trying, I was on the opposite fight and then lost I see. <laughs> so now it's a parking lot. Oh. It's really sad. God, yeah. Yeah. Woof. But what they did do is they created, they had uh, made the elementary school that was across the street from the library into an art center and a senior center. So there are performances. There's like a pr- programming department, I guess, that programs and brings shows in. Yeah. So there's arts. There Good. is arts, but I'm not the person who's doing no. it. And the other thing for me was uh, I thought, oh, this is a lot of work. This, you have to be like an entrepreneur. I don't know if I have those skills or abilities or wants. So I sort of parked it. But 
I do have a theater company now. You do. And a lot of things that are that I, I thought of back then when I was 22 and now 20 years later, I'm actually doing Absolute. parts can, of it. Can you tell us a bit about your theater company? Sure. I'm happy to. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, I... Okay. So, the company is called A Space Between. Uh, and it was developed out of a group of teaching artists working where we work. Are we, we're not allowed to name it, right? Uh, you know, uh, people, we've been slipping <laughs> recently. I, but, well, you we know. work with some amazing, amazing teaching artists we who do. are um, unbelievably talented, Amen. professional artists. Yes. And they make me better at what I do. Yes. Uh, and at a, there was a time when a, a whole bunch of us really wanted to work together artistically and so we uh i think it was at the time it was a, on a weekly basis somewhat we would get together and play and we'd rent a studio and just play and uh there were a group of people who could meet on one night and another group that could meet on another night and uh i think i think that's how trusty sidekick actually yes was born I and so. um I have to talk and to i Jonathan. was in the other group <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, and so, I, we, um, and we had, we had a, it was really, really great. Uh, it was great to work together in that way. Um, and eventually we sort of whittled down to about 10 of us, uh, who took another year and just played. And we had a very, uh, we, we, we modeled it off of our curriculum development devising process where, uh, we would pick stimulus and sort of create stuff what kind um, of stimulus it could be a, uh, artwork it could be music it could be photographs okay. it could be text um and then two of us would work together to like plan that session mm. out and then facilitate the creation and then we started uh videotaping our work so we had this sort of archive of, of work together um and at the end of that year we put together a little a little showing of some sort um and got some feedback and that was really lovely and we thought we've created an aesthetic here that's very physical, uh, not completely nonverbal, but minimal language. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we were ready to move. We thought we could take this further and we were ready to like make something more specific. The other thing I'm sorry, I didn't explain was that our mission was to create really strong work for a young audience. Um, and then we, I think we, we gravitated towards work, work that was for teens because, uh, while many of us were interested in, in younger than that, we thought that's a that's a hole that could we could perhaps fill. So, when we were moving forward, uh, a few of us, for various life reasons, just had to pull out. Um, but we made sure that everybody had uh, a say. We said, "Let's title ourselves. Like, let's make our name." And because we are going to be using some of that content that we created together, we want to make sure that you all agree on the name. And we played for a while and went through a, like another like devising yeah, process, naming and, something, and the naming, and then uh, uh, a space between was where that came together. And it's sort of because our work lives in this sort of liminal space um, that we thought that would be kind of cool. I love that. Uh, so you can go to uh, a space. You can Google it. A, a space, space between. Uh, it's actually a dash space dash between because there's something else that's called that. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll put the link in the, oh, cool. in the little, uh, well, good, episode. Because, yeah. uh, what the following year. So in 2000, 
11, 12, we further developed uh, the rest of us who, who couldn't move on or wanted to move on. Um, I think there were four of us. And we created a show called The Red Dress. And The Red Dress is uh, based on our own memories of growing up. Um, so it's one of the actors actual story is the main narrative, but then all of the, uh, the ensemble, uh, scenes that are done, not through the main character, uh, are literally our own memories that are now theatricalized and a part of her memory, this character's memories. And what is I mean, what are the memories centered on? Like what is so, the, uh, the hub? The, the, the action as, as it were, is that, uh, Erin, who's the main character, the protagonist, is in love. It's her first love, and she's trying to decide whether she should have sex for the first time or not with her boyfriend. Um, and so she's sort of trying to figure it out and doesn't necessarily know who to talk to. Um, and she's, you know, a typical teen who has her technology and her Twitter world and her friends and social media um, and family, but she still isn't getting she she doesn't know exactly where to turn to to have this conversation and so the adults who uh are in her life or, or the ensemble play her friends and her um parents and her uh random people just random people her uh, her love interests and uh or in the in the in the workshop that we did, uh, it was a separate actor mm-hmm. who did that. Um, so he was not a part of the ensemble. He just was the boyfriend. Okay. We're okay. remounting this now, and it's going to be playing at the University Settlement in November. Great plug. Yes, plug plug. Yeah, check uh, it out. <laughs> definitely come see it. So it's for twelve and up. It's got some language, mature themes. Okay, um, it's all and right. It really, it really explores you know all the things like getting your period for the first time and. Uh, you know, being given sex advice that is not probably not the best, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and um, ha- lots of people on on social media having opinions and trolls and that kind of thing. So it's it's got a lot happening in it, um, and we're really excited to perform it again. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I'll definitely so, see you in okay. November. Yes, but so. Uh, in terms of the the memories of the other ensemble, these are these are all inspired then by love and and sort of mm-hmm. maybe the bad sex advice or like internet trolls. Does that is that sourced from the ensemble's experience as well? Um, I think the the internet trolls not so much, um, but but the sex and the and the periods and you know it's it's light. It's not it's not dark. Yeah, like the ensemble is kind of kooky. Yeah. Um, there's some really funny moments in there. Um, the period scene is probably my favorite scene. It's, the, uh, well, it's actually called the tampon scene, but it's probably my favorite because it's so true and so ridiculous that it's true. <laughs> um, that is funny. I am uh, so excited. <laughs> it, um, I have, but yeah, so yeah. we, we um, essentially we sort of did it like an improv where we um, would generate some ideas, talk and talk about our memories and then make a scene and just improv a scene and then sort of lock it, lock it in, film it. And then that those, those moments would then were woven, woven, woven into the script itself. Mm-hmm. And you're cultivating a, an improv practice yourself. I am. How how's that going? Um, you know, it's interesting because I really 
I feel like I've gotten far away from it. I yeah. want to get back in. Yeah. Um, I saw an improv troupe and a sketch comedy in Edinburgh oh, just yeah. recently. So that kind of got me really excited. Um, I used, so I'm not trained necessarily. I never took classes mm-hmm. or part of the pit or UCB right. or what's the other one? Um, uh, the magnet. Yeah. It's the other one. I, yeah. I've never done that, but I've worked with people who have. Yeah. So one of somebody I graduated with, uh, Jason, Jason Tyne, um, he, uh, went to grad school again to get his MFA in directing mm-hmm. at Northwestern. And when he came back, he was like, guys, I've got this great long form improv troupe that, uh, I, uh, that I saw there. And my friend said that I could bring it to New York. I would love to work with. And he sort of tapped people that he knew and he wanted it to be a combination of people who are well versed in improv and actors. Um, and I, I like to do things that I've never done before. Um, so that was kind of exciting to me and also terrifying. Totally. Because, of course, the first thing I thought was like, I'm not funny. I don't know how to be funny. Oh, God, I don't know how to be funny. <laughs> but, um, but you but do. that's not what improv is about. And you do. You know, you're, you can't help it. You're a, I do what? You are funny. Like, you're a funny oh. sort of, you know, your, your presence, your energy, oh, your, your power. I think trying to be funny was the, was the scary part right, not right, actually right. just living life and being funny right um and i knew that there was technique that i had to sure. learn so i had a lot of anxiety around it which yeah. of course then i was like let's sure yeah. let's do it yeah um so so initially it was just rehearsals and the idea was that it was a book club so instead of saying you know name a place or name a whatever we would ask the audience to name a, a title of a book Awesome. Uh, any existing or... Any exist. It had to exist. It had, it had to, to exist. Real. Okay, real real book. Um, and the group was called Spork Notes. Yes. So uh, basically, <laughs> um, you know, we get a title and we would have a book club and discuss the book, which would, of course, take us on these random tangents. And all of that discussion would be fodder for the book club or the Spork Notes, right? So uh, we had like a voice of God that would say, chapter one. And would read whatever the two line description was of the real book from Spark Notes of oh a my. real book. Oh, so wow. we did Alice in Wonderland. We did uh, uh, Margarita, Master, oh, and Master Margarita. Oh, Master Margarita. Yeah. Uh, we did Tale of Two Cities. I mean, oh uh, these are the things I remember at least. And um, this was a part. So we ended up doing a part of the New York Fringe at the Crane Theater. Great, great spot. Um, and we had, I think, five performances. Uh, and the first performance, I was so terrified. I barely stood. I think I came out once. Like, so, you you know, you're in the, the back, back line. line. Yeah. And I stepped out once and never said a word. It was, I, I was so terrified. Yeah. And I felt horrible because I, 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 I felt like I did really well in rehearsals. I really was getting this. And I was having so much fun. And then I just, I, I my, my fears and nerves just totally took over so the next performance i was like you know whatever happens whoever that main character is you step out and you take it just do it and it was alice in wonderland so i ended up being alice and i was so happy that i did and that really you know broke the ice for me um and so when i was doing improv that was i think i want to say it was like 2005 2006 maybe or seven six or seven um and i was noticing that as as I was building my improv skills, my teaching skills, and my idea making skills were really sharpening. That's 
a beautiful connection. That's yeah. really cool. So, so going into working with the, the, the teaching artists and then creating a space between all of that improv has been really spark. I really attribute uh, spark notes, spark notes to, uh, to my being able to collaborate effectively with people that, you know, I actually have a relationship with who I didn't, you know, with spark notes, I didn't know those people very well. Um, and being able to listen and, and accept ideas, all of that, that you need in teaching. Yes. Um, uh, so yeah, I feel like I have that and I have that with Lindsay, you know, like we, I was thinking about yesterday when we had our, our 10 minute, uh, caucus or huggies, uh, activity. Just for some context for our <laughs> listeners, uh, Renata had asked, uh, our bosses to lead 10 minutes of a theater game, uh, for the, the wedding crowd, mm-hmm. just to give it a flavor of what life is like at work and, yeah. and in our world. Um, just to point out, there's going to be a swan parade Ooh. happening. Oh, there's children. Children. So there's, you know. Oh, there's a lot of them. Parent swans. And wow, a lot. Oh, wow. A I've lot never of, seen that many swans. A lot swan of juvenile babies. swans. Juvenile. Well, because they're, they're, they're like, right, they're, right. they're getting bigger. They are. I, usually I see like one or two, never, never that many. No, let's see. There are five. Oh, six. Six wow. little swans and two big swans. We should take a picture of that. Uh, yeah. Why are we just staring oh, because, at it? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Are we going to do it? Uh, uh, uh. Uh. <laughs> oh, it's not the greatest. It's a oh, two of them are like chilling. Oh. Uh, here we go. I'm getting something. Not, it's not all of them, but. Well, well. great. That's <laughs> oh, hard. Um. All right, so yeah, yeah, so you and you you worked with Lindsay to make this mm-hmm. this wedding theater game happen. So yes. so and how did improv inform this moment? Well, we had a plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a structure. <laughs> uh, she made the first offer over email, and then I read it about five times because I was like, I am not getting this. And and I, for me, I have to visualize, so I had to reread it to get it and picture it, and then. Um, because I didn't know the space. I didn't know what was going to happen before or after. It, it, I thought, okay, well, we should just ease into it. So we made some adjustments and went from there. And then, you know, being at the ceremony itself, and there was a minute, a little minute of, like, turn and talk to your neighbor. So I was like, oh, okay. So, like, this is – that's a nice little pre prep. Yes. A pre – A prep. Preamble? Preamp. 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 Sure. Preamp. What is a preamp? <laughs> A prep, a, um, uh, a preamble, foreplay. A preep, uh, yeah. What is the what's the ep? I don't know. Preep. Well, we'll you heard it here first, friends. Yeah, listen, I there's a preep. I coin words. Yeah, I, you can figure out the Shakespeare. You're, the uh, actual definition, yeah. if you want. I make up words a lot. That's fine, but I got you. A preep. <laughs> we'll go for it. Yeah. Uh, Before the epilogue, which is which is maybe the regular. <laughs> Sure. A regular story. Anyway. Preface. A preface? Yeah. Yeah, there there you go. A preep. A preface. Preep. <laughs> we turned and talked. We got to know we some to people, know which new. is actually That's really good. lovely. And everybody seemed game for that. Yeah. So that was a that was a good sign. Yeah. And the parade also I was like, okay, these yeah. guys are Again, so there was a there was a puppet parade led by well, me and Sam Gold yeah, you on too. uh on the ribbon. I wonder if people thought you two had gotten married. 
I initially. Felt, I felt like you we, guys were, you know, like the who are the people who do, the um. I don't know oh, the baton, the, uh, yeah. the the grand marshal. Yes, you guys were like the grand. Marshal we were the grand the marshals. Um, you know, I felt like I <laughs> had just gotten married to Sam Gold. Wait, wait, what was the energy up there? Because I was, was, I was, was about um, twenty people back. It was it was um, like like fierce and like yeah. I think we had we had joking we were joking that like we were gonna like switch off and we had gone to like the puppet creation. Uh, time and we were saying like oh like who's the better friend like who's gonna actually get to hold it like who's you know who's better who's gonna win and then we just then Renata was like um, Sam told me was like well when I went over to their house before the wedding because I'm a better friend because I gave them a handmade wedding gift oh goodness um, she she said that we should both hold it Oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, that sounds good, and it was heavy, so that was good. We yeah. did it, but you know, there's a playfulness. There was a, there was a, it was bromantic. I would absolutely. <laughs> it looked bromantic. Bromantic, from, yeah. From Twenty pe- people back. I, I I'm really <laughs> grateful for that. Like I don't get a lot of bromance uh, in my life. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Passersby. Passersby. It's really fun to watch how it's, people watch us. Yeah, and people I think are there's fascinated. something funny about microphones. Oh yeah. Where people are like, what are they doing? Yeah, absolutely. Why? And why like, are these that? things, are these on? Is this on? Is oh, hello. It, are you on? Is you're this, on. You're on. Hi. <laughs> nice. Got one. Got one. Um, so, okay. So, so you, you, you read it over. You, oh, yes. You had the pre-ep. You, um, so there was a parade. So once we arrived at the venue, uh, we were told to get into a big circle and we had a bit of a panic because we, we thought... Oh, gosh, is this one when it is? We haven't actually talked about it. Right. Um, but it wasn't. It was another hour or so. So uh, the coordinator, who happened to be somebody that we know, uh, Caroline, uh, came over and, and explained, you know, this is the time. You're around 730 and uh, you have about 10 minutes. And so I thought, well, we might have a, a little too much for 10 minutes. Like maybe we want to give ourselves some breathing space. So we did our, our prep. Um and then we were given, uh, I think, a 10-minute warning. And then, actually, the hula dancing, which was gorgeous. Oh, my God. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Unbelievable. So Danny's family is uh, Hawaiian. Um, and so they did a beautiful, his father did a beautiful prayer in a Hawaiian yes. prayer. Yes. What a, what a top, gorgeous voice. Which is where the circle was, right? Yes. Um, so both the fathers gave speeches, which was just lovely. And then later... Um, the men and the women did dances. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful hula dances. So that was, I think initially it was before, it was supposed to happen after the get to know you activity, but it ended up being before, which I thought worked well. Yes. Um, so that was really great because people were already sort of gathered um, and in a very lovely mood. Yes. So <laughs> And ready to dance. I think we were supposed to be the kickoff to dancing. Yeah. Um, so that worked out. Absolutely. So yeah. we we did a little improv. Like I we uh I at one point I said, you know, we should introduce our each other instead of ourselves. Um and I didn't know and she wouldn't tell me what she was gonna say and I don't even think I listened to what she do you know what she said? Um she said I don't remember. Yeah. I'm trying to Doesn't, remember. Someone remember. said work wife, I think I said you that. said work yeah. wife. So I didn't know what I was gonna say. And so I said, Yeah, she's my work wife and a, and a smart lady. Yes, yeah. smartest lady I know. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. She's one of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah, I love her. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> that's so good. I had to explain later to somebody else that she's not my wife. Really? <laughs> yeah. Who? Oh, have I ever member? told you that story about when we were introduced to the board? No. Oh, oh, oh my please, God. Please, please tell so, me this story. <laughs> this is, I love this story. <laughs> it's the best. So Lindsay and I had been... Uh, uh, <laughs> we were managers at the same time. We had basically had the same title for, yeah. for many years. And then she left. She likes to call it her two-year hiatus while her husband was getting his um, B- uh, MF- um, MBA. MBA, MBA. yeah. Uh, and then uh, she came back and we were both... I was promoted and she was hired back in as directors. And um, we oversee different aspects of our work um, and and what a what a like totally smart out of the box kind of idea, mainly because we both have great skill sets in what we do. I don't have so much on the public side, though I could have done it, yeah. but um, it gave us an opportunity to grow as we have. I mean, we're a department of eight and a half now. Yes. And uh, really could be a department of like 12 at least. At least. Um, and and what a, what a wonderful thing. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> When, uh, shortly after she started, uh, I think the, it was the last, you know, annual board meeting in June, early June and Cora, who is our president, uh, introduced us to the board uh, right at the top of their meeting and said something to the effect of, this is Lindsay Buller Maliakel and she, uh, just got back from San Francisco and she's now married and, um, you know, and is our, you know our director and this is Courtney Bonnie who is um uh or yeah uh, you know who's also our director and um you know they are together they are working together and they it's a beautiful marriage it's a beautiful thing something like that like she's trying to use it as a metaphor but I don't think it worked because at the little reception after about two or three board members came up to her and said I just don't know if it's appropriate to have a married couple working together like this. And Cora, of course, thought that was hilarious. Oh, my God. And so <laughs> the board member, like the chair chairperson of the board, she was stepping down and a new chairperson was coming. In who, uh, I think the new one got it, but the older, <laughs> lovely, she's so lovely. She came up to, to me and said, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. Uh, uh, how long has it been? And I was like, uh, just a few months or I think we just, you know, a few weeks. She's like, oh, so fresh. Oh, wow. And you're back already. And I was like, what is happening? I don't understand. And I was like, yo, well, Lindsay's back. Yes. I've, I've been here the whole time. And she's like, she just gave me a puzzling look. And she's like, I, well, it's just wonderful. And walks away. And I have this moment of thinking and I'm like, what is happening? Wait a second. Dude. Oh my goodness. They think that we're married and what a wonderful country we live in that they could imagine that two women would be married and and that it would be wonderful to have them working together. An education department together. Why not? What a beautiful, what a beautiful thing. What, how intense would that be for all of us? That would be a lot. Well, you know, it would be a lot. It would be too much without a doubt. But I, 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 I can't, I can imagine that sometimes it does feel like, you know, the moms are fighting. Oh, yeah. I can imagine that. That It does feel like that. I will, I will say it, does. it What I like about my relationship with her, there's so many things, but one of the things that I think 
works well for us is that we think so differently. We approach things so differently, though we often come to the same conclusion, but for often very, very different reasons. Um, and we, I think our not only our skill sets, but our, our way of thinking and viewing the world complement each other really well. So when we are having a debate, <laughs> uh, a wrangle, a tussle, it's never personal. Um, and that is something that's really hard to find in a partner. Absolutely. Yeah. So she's definitely like a strong partner. She doesn't back down, which I like and also hate all at the same time, you know, bec- but she also makes me have to listen and makes me better in that way so that I can uh, create an environment for my team where they can have their opinions, they can state them, they can make their arguments, and I have to listen and weigh them. And I try very hard not to be the sort of top-down kind of boss. I I definitely like to uh, make sure we can come to a consensus. Um, And I think that has something to do with, like, my improv and my um, artistic collaborations yeah. as well, but, um, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting re- working Absolutely. relationship. Well, you know, something I appreciate about you is you lead from the heart very much. And, you know, that's something that I resonate with strongly. Yeah. Like I, I sort of also, you know, whether I, it's good for me or not, like also sort of put my gut forward and put my heart forward and just sort of experiencing life. And it's a nice, it's, it's, I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to be other, other than that. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Uh, sometimes it it can get in the way. Yeah. But so can, so can something else. I feel like too much sometimes. I think it's really funny because people, I'm, I'm, I'm the mush. She's not. But she's so polite and so nice that people would think it's the opposite. Mm. Because I, I, I mean, I, not that I'm mean or anything, but I can be, I'm told, <laughs> I can be intimidating. You can be intimidating. <laughs> I have felt intimidated. When I was interviewing for the job, I yeah. felt very intimidated. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Well. But I think that's, I think that's a, I hear that that's a good sign. That like. Yeah. The nicer you are to people in interviews, the worse they're doing. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Yeah. I start to feel a little sorry for them. I think that's what's happening. That that could um, be. Yikes. And, you know, there's only been one. I, I just went through a whole round of interviews and there was only one where I was like, and we're done. We're done here. It's fine. It's fine. We can totally move on. And my you know, person I was with was totally on the same page. Yeah. Um, that's rough. But usually, even in that situation, I might dig a little bit just yeah. to find out why it's over. Yeah. You know? Uh, but I was sort of done. Ugh. Yeah, if I like if I like you, I'm, I get meaner. Yeah, it's <laughs> scary. Well, it's I don't know why, but it works. It yeah. works because then it's I see p- a person under pressure, and if they still can handle it, then they're gonna do. It. Oh I God. think that was that was something else I was thinking about yesterday. How lovely our coworkers are. There, I mean, every single one of them are just good people yes like good yes hearted yes people absolutely um there's a there's a joyousness with which we work yes that i adore i i would say a a rousing amen to that (laughs) amen yeah uh it is a privilege uh working where we work and with the people 
that we work with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, to me, they are, they're loving, they love quality, they love art, they love beauty, um, they're honest, they're selfless, they're generous. Yeah. It's really special. It's, it's super special. Yeah. I, I kind of, I, I, you know, I've worked with many since I, gosh, I've, I'm going into my 14th year there. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, before this, by the way, never had a job longer than a year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. What happened? Uh, I, I don't know. They sucked me in. Huh. And, uh, I think because each year is different, I, I dig it. And every year I got a different, either a different project or a different thing to work on. That was very exciting. Hmm. And so it kept, keeps things fresh. Yeah. Um, same. It's even the same as a director. I still have like, very specific things to well, they keep uh, giving you new stuff <laughs> keep giving yeah. us all new oh, new yeah. things yeah. new and improved new and, and improved. exciting i mean even when you have a program it still changes yeah you know yeah. so um oh actually you know that reminds me i i said i mentioned earlier that i went to edinburgh yes and i ran into somebody who is a teaching artist not for us but i know him i've seen him at different conferences new york city or york city. okay uh but he was uh, he was there he's in a show nice a festival which was great and uh he was telling me about working for various organizations and just not feeling like he is able to put the artist first mm. as a teaching artist wow which was very upsetting to hear of course um and that he's really trying to like change the balance of that um wait why did i go down to this Putting the artist oh, first. Oh, 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 yeah. The um, no, the, he was talking about a particular model that he's working in one of the organizations that he's working for, and how the director uh, is uh, rigid. Okay. And I was like, I don't understand that. I really, I literally was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, well, you know, it's supposed to be this way, but it doesn't work that way. And I'm like, have you told her that? Because that's if it's not working, you need to change it. Yeah. And why would not why would you not want to change it if it's not working? Right. Uh, so that rigidity is something that you can't uh, in education. You have to be responsive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, in the moment and in the models uh, and the approach, you have to be able to veer when you need to veer or like jump out of the way when the car is about to crash into you. You know what I mean? I do know. I, that was a callback. I heard it, and it, and it's also it's a moment to to forge ahead because it also to okay. me could be a metaphor for relationships. Ah, um, I would love to talk okay relationships with you. Let's um, do it. So not only do you lead with your your heart yeah. in uh, a professional setting, Courtney, but you know we we have had some really what are to me precious conversations precious. about about the the state of the union of our quest for love yes uh and it, it is they've meant so much to me and i you know i don't know how much you want to talk about please feel free to disclose sure. as much or as little as you want mm -hmm. but i will say that i have said on this podcast and it is it is a is an open fact that I am in an open relationship with mm -hmm. my partner and we are always working on it and negotiating it and there are challenges and mysteries and I feel I feel so new all the time in exploring mm. it mm -hmm. um, and I feel uh, I feel a kindred uh, spirit in you uh, and it's I, I appreciate our conversations 
I, I actually appreciate it because I, I think I was the one who brought it up because I didn't know. Oh. Some, somebody else had told me. And so I was curious because I had just embarked on an open relationship and it was very new mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's lots of discoveries, not just about the relationship, but about, about myself along the way. I, I, th- I think that this requires a drink if we're going to go here. Let's do it. So let's, let's do crack it. it open. Let's do this. This is great. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we. This one is mine. I don't have a paper bag. So I hope we're not gonna get. Yeah, in I think we'll just. Um, I don't know. Just keep uh, yeah, it. Yeah, keep, keep it on the. Yeah. Under wraps. Keep I'm not sure under. if this is a highly patrolled arboretum. I don't think it is, but you just never know. You right. can't really see people coming. No. But wor- worst comes to worst, they'll just say pour it out, right? Um. Ugh. Well, that's here's hoping. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, okay. So. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having me on oh the cozy zone. Oh my god, zone. this has been so ha, ha, incredible. Are you enjoying my cozy I mean, zone? I'm loving it. It's it. The, Don't you feel relaxed here? I love it here. I feel relaxed. The temperature is great. There's like a some distant music. The swans. Yeah. The people watching. Some of the same people have passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really. I dig it. I don't yeah. know if I've spent this much time here though, consecutively. So I'm. I'm. But I feel really comfortable. I'm so grateful. Yeah, I feel great. Okay, so I'm just going to give you a little background before we go into the open parts. Great. So, from 2004, <laughs> I'm just remembering a, uh, a fire. I'm, we'll go back to that later. Um, fire in the, the, in the hopper. <laughs> uh, from 2004 to 2012, I was in a relationship, uh, a monogamous relationship uh with a, a lovely gentleman uh he was born and bred in brooklyn um and uh when we first met i was very clear with him and he was pretty clear with me that he didn't necessarily want to get married and i was clear with him that i uh had never been uh very good at being able to be uh monogamous um but that i would try if that's what he wanted um i also sort of explain that I am, um, which I don't talk about very often, uh, fluid. Um, anyway, so during our relationship, I, I definitely had times where I would be attracted to somebody else and, uh, often fight it. And sometimes I didn't and would have to tell him and that, uh, and feel terribly guilty. And, um, but when we met, we were, we were really right for each other then. And I, feel like I definitely grew faster than he over the years and I really didn't need to get married but I wanted him to make a commitment to us and um so that I I think I think in retrospect I think I was hoping that if he could you know if we could move in together and we could sort of carve out a, a an existence for ourselves that I perhaps my attractions wouldn't be as uh magnetic does that make sense um and i kept saying things like you know we don't have to we don't have to look like all my friends and their marriages like that's not what we need but we need to figure out what our life is we can make up our own rules but i don't i didn't really understand what i was saying or what that meant i just i just kept saying like but we have to discuss it and he was really 
unable to, to communicate very well, which is, as you know, like everything to me, I need to be able to communicate. I need to be able to have these conversations. And so because he was so closed down emotionally and frankly, verbally, it, it, it was a huge strain on our relationship. So I decided to end it, which was not easy because I definitely was deeply in love with him and uh, gave myself, I tried to give myself six months before I tried to, you know, sort of date other people and then needed about a year <laughs> um, just to figure out what it is, who I am outside of this relationship. Um, so uh, towards the end of 2013, I joined uh, uh, OkCupid. Uh, maybe it was earlier than that. But I don't think I started dating anybody really until towards the end of 2013. And I, at that point, I really was like, I'm not interested in a relationship. I just want to like have fun. Basically, I just want to have fun. So I went uh, out on a couple of dates with different guys and then um, was dating this one guy uh, and talking to another guy, I think. And then I got really sick. And so I was sort of out for the count um, for about a month. And just when I was sort of on the mend is when I met Neo. Um, and Neo is um, somebody that nobody has met. <laughs> I've kind of kept him away from everybody for various reasons. Uh, and he is uh, in the midst of a really entangled divorce. And... Um, was just different than everybody else. Like, uh, if you've, if anybody has ever been on any of the social media dating sites, uh, the cacophony of messages that you can get can be anywhere from like completely boring to really lewd to uh, uh, lecherous. I mean, in, <laughs> as you've described some of your experiences, it, it just sounds it, it sounds intrusive and it just it sounds well, it can I mean, be. But I, I mean, yeah, but I, you know, you put yourself out there, sure. right? So it's about it's less about like what you're getting; it's more about how you how you receive it, right? Right. So some of them, I'm like, I tell people because I think they're hilarious, and like, what are you thinking? Yeah. Like, do you think I'm actually going to respond to that? Yeah. And, or do you get responses from stuff like that? Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. Um. And, and then there's the next step when you actually do start talking to somebody it's usually over over the site and then you maybe go on to a different platform yeah like a text or whatsapp or what is what, what is your preferred uh i tend platform. to like i tend to like to start with kick i don't even know what uh, kick, is. kick is uh it's like a, a messaging app it's okay. free and it's not a phone it's not based on a phone number okay so you don't need to have the person's number Got it's it. a it's a handle got it so it's still a bit of an anonymity, mm -hmm. which I prefer. Mm -hmm. um, so I tend to go there rather than texting or WhatsApp. If I like somebody, I can move them to that platform <laughs> if I want to continue talking to them. Uh, also, some people don't have, you know, like unlimited texts. Right. So it's just a little bit easier in general. Um, but even then, then you get um, requests for lewd pictures and um, uh, or given <laughs> lewd pictures, which, you know, it can be fun. I think in that first year I was definitely like, sure, whatever. But I've gotten to a place where I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm, uh, somebody who's kind of important, I guess. So I shouldn't just be sending. I'm not that I was never like sending naked pictures, but still, you know, suggestive. Um, <laughs> 
Um, and so I, I've stopped doing that if I don't know them, like if I haven't actually had the date and can trust that, you know, that picture is not going to end up somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Uh, and um, it's, it's fascinating. It is fascinating because you get people who, of all ages, men who are uh, uh, pushy and, and can't understand why you won't send them something and then say things like, excuse my language, like, well, I'm not going to fuck you unless you send me something. No, you're not going to fuck me because I'm not sending you something. So bye-bye. Yeah. Go find some other 20-something-year-old or younger kid who's going to send that because women do. They do this, yeah. you know, and, and happily, it seems. Yeah. And when you have somebody who says no, men are not used to hearing that, I think. Maybe. I don't know. I, I The men that I'm coming across, yeah. at least, maybe. Yeah. I don't know what I would do with it. I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you, I mean, it's like, <laughs> well, uh, you keep it, like, where do you keep I, it? On your you, phone? I think like, most people eventually, like, delete it because it just takes up, you know, yeah. data. And, like, you, storage. you make a, like, do you have a, an album? <laughs> like, you know, it's I, just I like. I do wonder sometimes. It's like that and, like, concert videos. Like, where do they go? <laughs> like, you know, what are you going to do with yeah, all this? Like, like it's nice. It is, it is like a power thing to receive it. Like, it oh, is. Sure. Like, I understand the, like, the action, but mm-hmm. the, the actual artifact well it's a hunting thing isn't it right maybe it's a hunt and then once you get what you want you move on that's your pelt exactly Mm. i mean it's the same as like the notches on your belt right maybe gross yeah it's gross so i i'm i'm much more discriminatory than i think i was initially in that first year because i really was like i'm just in it for the fun yeah um so when i met neo he was very on the on the site itself he was very sort of um polite and uh his pictures were hot <laughs> he was hot yeah great um, and he and it was all about like let's meet for coffee and then most of our conversation was scheduling yeah. like can you meet here what about then mm-hmm. and at some point he i think he said and i missed the message that he wanted to talk first on the phone mm. Which most most guys don't want to talk right away, right. and um, I missed it. So we never had a conversation before we met at a Starbucks, and we had uh, a coffee date, and it was a lovely conversation. Talked about lots and lots of different things like travel and where he's from and where I'm from and what we do for work and um, and I, I immediately I knew that I was attracted to him like without fail. Um, you kind of know, you know, Definitely. like within seconds, yeah. it feels like. Yeah. Um, so I was excited when we walked, aw- we walked out and on everything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, he hugged me and told me about WhatsApp <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, let's message there. Uh, okay. And he smelled good. Mm. I wanted to kiss him, but I didn't. Just a little, maybe a little peck on the cheek, Mm. you know. Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh, oh, there's something here. And then we ended up talking over FaceTime a few days later. um, And that was kind of awesome. And then about a week later, we we met again and had like a real date. And uh, yeah, that was was, mm, the end of March 2014. Okay. So it's been about a year and a half now. Awesome. 
um, when we talked on that FaceTime talk, so now we we had just had a coffee date. Yeah. And he explained to me then, like, I'm looking for an open relationship. And I was like, do tell. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, and he explained that, you know, we each could see other people. We just have to be honest about it, but that we see each other and build a connection. And I was like, I, f- I'm, I'm, I agree with this. I like this because I'm not ready for that kind of sort of, I'm not looking for that. And I want to explore this thing that I kept saying to my ex making up my own rules yeah um so this felt very close to that and exciting um and then we had more conversation because he had ta- told me about a girl that he was seeing and i was trying to check myself like am i am i jealous how am i feeling right now no i want to hear about it i'm not jealous i actually want to hear wow um and hearing about it for me was <laughs> was a it was a a source of communication yeah Right. So yeah. telling me about your dates or your other relationships and being honest makes me actually trust you. Yeah. Well, it's it, it's vulnerable. It creates intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's honest. It's honest. And so then it also made me have to be honest, which was great because I not only did I have to be honest with him, I had to be honest with me. Right. And so that this this past year has been really revelatory for yeah. me about. Uh, how I operate in the world as a as a uh, a sexual human being, mm-hmm. um, how I uh, view myself, um, how other through how others view me, and um, the sort of you know getting to the place where you know I'm not going to send those pictures because I view myself with respect. Yeah, and I appreciate when somebody else does too. Absolutely. Uh, I will say the one thing that is uh, somewhat challenging. Because we, you know, we're not necessarily ever going to live together. I don't, I don't know where this is actually going, and I don't necessarily need to. But it's hard not to compare other men to him. Say more. What? Uh, well. What do you mean? Well, he's he's worldly. Okay. And generous. Ah. And. Uh, respectful and kind and super smart and very uh uh sexual mm-hmm. in a in a good way mm-hmm. and um you know when you're with somebody else you're with them for a whole host of different reasons yes and it's less about the sex i think it's more about the the uh, the uh, way somebody operates in their in their everyday yeah and that's that's somewhat difficult so I haven't had like multiple relationships I think I understand on. yeah yeah so I mean um the, you know this this resonates with something mm-hmm. there there was a question I, I formulated Great. for you that I was very proud of <laughs> um, but it, it hasn't really organically come up but and I was thinking about what the answer t- would be to me and the question is what is uh like, what is the mode of self-care that you're best at? Mode of self-care? Like, what, like, how are you best at taking care of yourself? Like, what thing do you, are you best, like, at? You know what I mean? Does that make is sense? Is this general or having this is a general? The, oh, no, this okay. is a general question. But my answer is, mm. is going to therapy regularly. Okay. So I'll tell you my, I can sort of share. Sure. Because there's this idea about sort of 
like things you deserve and things that you want. And yeah. so it sort of sounds like mm. that your relationship with Neo, I mean, frankly, you deserve someone who is respectful, who is sexual. So yes. all of these qualities that you were sort of listing mm-hmm. is sort of, I mean, it should be. That's where your bar is. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, certainly there are all sorts of reasons why, how, like why or how that bar can't be met or exceeded. Mm. But it sounds really good, frankly, that you have this standard of respect and like you know being listened to and feeling loved and desired and all of these things yeah. like that is that's like the best place to be and i know personally something i struggle with is realizing that indeed i do deserve like all mm. of these good things like all of these things that seem like a treat which is what being treated with respect yeah. being listened to mm-hmm. being you know being heard like in terms of desires that's that's not like a treat that's like zero that's yeah. like basic yeah and that anything else like that anyone else you meet should be working to one up that or exceed these expectations yeah. like that is that's mm-hmm. what you deserve and i i mean i i hear that it could be challenging about um you know comparing other people to this this primary person yeah, yeah but it's also kind of good. good yeah no i i hadn't thought about it as a standards based uh i hadn't thought about it in those terms um but that yeah i think that that's a good you're right a good thing and the and what's been interesting is that since i've been more look at that a chipmunk where oh he's on the trellis oh my gosh very cute Chipmunks are adorable. Yes. I, I That is the first time I think I've ever seen a chipmunk in the park. Really? Yeah. Oh. Huh. Anyway. Squirrels. Yeah. Sometimes rats. Yes. But not a chipmunk. No, well. Still a rodent. It is. Cute. Cute. I loved Rescue cute Rangers. <laughs> a lot. That was, a, is that, was that a movie? It was a movie, but also a TV show. I Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of self, self care, wait, wait, sorry. Oh yeah. I was associating it with Neo. So, uh, that's okay. Yeah. I think I have, I've started to develop other relationships, uh, um, that have that same standard, high standard. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a, there's a quality of, um, respect that is, lovely and actually that i think and it's also conversation like being able to have a talk about different topics really make those uh that intimacy deep um uh that's it i find interesting i i don't know i don't know if there's just one person for you um, and it, and it's nice to have, you know, somebody that you can talk to about certain things and, um, that that leads to a more sexual relationship. And then there's this other person that you have a different kind of connection with and that serves a different part of you uh, or feeds a different part of you. Um, and that's what I've been discovering is, you know, 
you can hook up with whoever you want at any time. That's, that's easy. It's the connections that are hard and striving to make those connections are worthwhile. Yes. Uh, so I think the self care, uh, if I just keep it within, within the relationship zone, um, is not investing until it's time to invest. So, for example, when you get a message and you actually want to respond to somebody, if they don't respond back, I'm not going to cry. I, there's so many women I know who get so, so weighed down by caring so much about somebody that they've never even met. What I'm more concerned about is like, you know, making sure that Neo is happy, that I'm happy, that we're happy in this relationship and that we maintain that honesty, that we maintain uh, the connection um, and that I can tell him about the other people. I mean, not that there's a ton, but like I'm telling him yeah. um, I, and that deepens the trust. Level. Yes. And so that's part of my, so communication actually is a part of my self care too. Yes. Um, so not investing in the, in the initial interactions yeah. until it's time to, and then investing, uh, in the, the actual connections that I yeah. uh, have made. I will say this though. The one thing that I am still challenged also by <laughs> is admitting how I feel. That's the one thing I'm really challenged with. Like we were together for, I don't know, like eight or nine months before we said we liked each other. <laughs> yeah. And, and we haven't said the big L word. And I, I don't, I don't know how he feels in that regard. Actually, I know how I feel, but I haven't told him. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel many things. I feel many things. There is there love in your heart? Yeah. Yeah, Ben, there is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I thought so. <laughs> well, why would, you know, it, I, from from my perspective, if there is someone who allows you to explore all of these different parts of yourself mm. that you don't need to feel guilty, that you don't need yeah. to squash emotions, that you can be fluid, mm -hmm. that feels like a treasure. It feels like a gift. And, like, I would love that person very <laughs> much. And I do. I love I love my person. Yeah. I love Nicolette so much for sort of all of this, like, all of this work that we do on ourselves mm. and sort of on the relationship uh, in such a more intense, careful, intentional way yes. than I have ever done before. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when in with my ex, I said it very, very early in the relationship. And uh, I definitely have some baggage from that relationship. There's no yeah, doubt. Of course. Um, and so I think I have made a very conscious decision that I will not be the first one to say it. A, a very, I've said it. I've said it to my therapist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that I, I may feel it, but I will not say it. I can't. I can't be the one to say it first, at least. If if he said it, I, I would obviously admit it, but um, I can't be the one to say it first. And Which I think is so not me. So not me. Like, I, you know, I communicate. This yeah. is part of my communication style. <laughs> but 
I, I think that I have to protect myself in some way. And this is the one way that I feel like I can. Yeah. Because what if he doesn't say it back? I hear you. And that's worth a lot. And yeah. there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of power. There's a lot of history mm-hmm. in that word. It sounds like yeah. in your life <laughs> and that's okay. I think that, I mean, that's okay. Yeah. And that's where you're at. So, all right, Courtney, we're doing, we're doing real good here. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I think it might be time for the final, oh. final moment of our cozy zone. Wait, have we talked about everything you wanted to talk about? Well, no, no. never, <laughs> never, you know, there's, that's impossible. But we, we did the two thing, the two things that sort of came up. I, I asked a question I wanted to ask about the, the, like what, self-care are you best at and i loved your answer yeah invest when it's time to invest yeah i love that when it's time to invest. i love that so much i i have to say you know you, you talk about being in ther- therapy i've been in therapy since my father passed away yeah. and um, so initially it was very much about grief counseling yeah and then uh it definitely morphed into like talking a lot about that relationship and now this relationship um and just my you know my general life and and work and whatnot yeah um so having again, like that's just another form of communication. It's really communicating with myself within yeah. a completely non-judgmental yes. zone, yeah. And that has been really useful for me too. Is like trying to work on not judging myself. Oh yeah. Oh man. That's a big, a big thing. Uh, yeah, that is a <laughs> challenge. Oh yes, a big challenge. But working on it definitely. I mean, yeah. I I can understand that. Yeah, like I do it. I do it hard <laughs> i am just my worst enemy yeah yeah i think we we can be to ourselves yeah. and we shouldn't no we need, to, we need to be kind and love ourselves i know and, i know and yeah. then and then everything else feels better everything else fits into place yeah but for some reason maybe if we are hard on ourselves first or like maybe if i'm hard on myself first other people can't be i beat people to it maybe i don't know yeah it's uh i don't know i try not to care i do though i care what other people think oh my god not to yeah oh i yeah i try i'm trying really hard not to but you know yeah i mean uh you know the 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 final segment yes. is not quick. Oh, okay. The final segment is so as you know, um I am a I am a, a representative from the Cozy Zone oops mm-hmm. foundation. Um and this foundation provides um two artists unlimited funds to create a collaborative project together. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I am honored to be here today with you, uh, a co-collaborative artist, uh, to generate a project that, that could, that really we can spare no expense, meaning lots of anything we want. Lots of dough. Lots of dough to do anything. <laughs> uh-huh. And the question is, what would we create together? And we have to both agree. Okay. Right? That's the, right. That's the thing. Uh, and it, it could be anything. It could be anything. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, I, I had to tell you, I, I wasn't surprised that this was coming up because yeah, I, I have listened to the Cozy Zone. I'm, I'm grateful um, for that. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I'm a, a zoner. I just, I think I just like the Facebook oh, page. Courtney. So I'm in it. I'm in it, Courtney. Oh, that's so, so nice. I do want to say thank you. I'm honored to oh be a gosh. part of this. You are so welcome. Mutual. <laughs> um, 
The sun's coming out. The sun is coming out. It's beautiful here. It's just beautiful here. It is. And it's quiet. And you sort of get these 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 wafts of other parts of the park. Yeah, like I'm smelling a bit of barbecuing, uh-huh. I think. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and, oh. Some, some, some filming going yeah. on. Yeah. Filming we're some artists. We're podcasting. They're filming. Yes. Cool. We're all just making, we're media makers we here in Brooklyn. Well, you know, so that's where I was thinking because I was, um, I was trying to think what, what is it that I would want to do with Ben oh, artistically? God, this is the best. I was, I was really thinking about this uh. and I actually couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> <laughs> because I felt like, well, he he's a me, he's a part of media. Yeah, right? that is not my my strength. Yeah. Uh, so there could be something there. Yeah. I do improv. Yes, I I you, you do, do improv. improv. Yeah. So there there that was a, a common zone. Yeah. That we could perhaps work on. Yeah. Um. But then I thought, what if we went out? Both of us went completely out of our comfort zones. Yeah, I like that. Um, That's something that when you mentioned about improv, that was very. Uh, meaningful and and inspiring it's like i did improv not to the only reason it sounded like you did it is to push yourself further yeah which is what a way to live thanks yeah that's um yeah i feel like artistically i i like to take risks yeah um i also enjoy sort of living in the muck so if we don't come up with a, a a project. Don't worry, how Courtney. do you feel? Don't worry, Courtney. Do, I mean, but what if? Uh, yeah, what if we I, don't, I mean, like, what if we have like all these ideas on the table, but we don't actually like decide? May- I say like a lot. I realize you haven't too too much. Maybe it's a generational. Maybe this thing. should be a game. Every this time is I our say like sage, you should be. Oh, I smell it too. You should. Um, the listener should drink. Great. They might be drunk by the time. I that think we're done. so. I'm a little. Always a little. I I am such a light weight. I know. Am I, uh, we should explain what we're having. I have a Sapporo. Mm-hmm. I think Sapporo? It's a, a Sapporo. Sapporo. Uh, uh, what arigato. What's the size? Twenty-two ouncer. Right, and I have I'm a. Nowhere um, near done, but. Ooh, I have a. Uh, I don't, can't tell, but it's a it's a East India Pale Ale from Brooklyn Brewery. Mm. Pretty good in a can, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, a pint, one pint. I'm maybe and halfway done. Maybe because we were drinking yesterday. Are you, st- you still feel you're feeling a little buzzed? I I didn't have very much to drink. Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> so. I like I I did it early, mm. and then I was like, ah, just some water for me. Nice. I'm not a huge drinker. That's good. I really think I I could cut down. Mm. I you know what? Summer is a time where I drink. I know my drinking increases, and then I sort of don't for a long I, time. And I think and for fine. me, winter is more. When I like to drink, because it's too hot for me. It's too hot to drink in the summer, because then you sweat, and it's yeah, just like. Well, locked. I'm sweating anyway. Yeah, but but you're right. Alcohol is a dehydrator. Yeah. So. Well, so you're saying, okay. oh, like, what if we don't uh, oh, come up with anything? And yeah. I and I say, yeah, 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 okay, like, yeah, we'll be fine. But like Courtney, like, <laughs> you're in good hands. Okay. I the one thing that I have faith about is that we're going to come up with an amazing project, <laughs> just on the spot. Right now, okay. and we're going to come up with a title for it that oh. we're both going to love. It's okay, great. it's fine. Okay, so then I was thinking, I thought maybe music, mm-hmm. but you 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 do music a little bit. I, I sing. I have the whistle. You have the whistle. You have a voice. You're a bass. I am a bass. in the in the uh-huh. acapella group, uh, the the company yes. acapella group. Uh- <laughs> 
who knows oh, who knows i don't know i don't know listen i don't know i don't know what the, like who th- this doesn't have a huge audience it's i okay. just don't see what the no, danger no, is I, I think it's it's kind of a fun game to not say it yeah uh yes i i do sing uh on occasion mm-hmm. uh you're a you're an actress i am an actress or an actor either is fine but okay. yeah i think there was a point where i was a very i was like i i'm an actor yeah not an actress right uh but yeah oh i was just gonna say i i also have done artistically i like to do things that are that step me out of my zone so i've done like outdoor work mm. in fact i did a performance just over here um at the at the imagine playground oh they have a little stage and really? it was outdoor Shakespeare for kids. Really, Midsummer Night's Dream with puppets, Who and are you? and I was a f- I was a fairy, I was uh, and a player. Great. I forget which fairy I was, but I was um, a combination of Snug and one other of the players. Snug the joiner. So I was the, the lion and the chink oh. in the wall. And yes, the chink. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it was really fun. That's awesome. And the fairies were. Um, um, puppets. It's brilliant. Uh, so I did that right when I moved into Prospect Lefferts Garden, uh, and that was fun. Uh, so that was a, that was a new thing. I'd yeah. never done that, and then I also did a radio play. Oh, as part of a convention, a nostalgia convention. <laughs> that was a couple years ago. What? In fact, I was just asked to do it again. What do you mean a nostalgia I, convention? So every year there's a nostalgia convention that focuses on the 20s, 30s, and 40s, maybe even the 50s. Of all mediums, huh. radio, uh, television, and movies, books, maybe even music. Okay, and uh, it's at this someplace in Baltimore or somewhere in Maryland, okay. Huntsville, maybe. Okay, and uh, uh, yeah, that was a crazy. That was crazy. Uh, we had like four rehearsals. I was with this very eclectic. Uh, group of of actors who had amazing voices and definitely were playing characters that uh, they would never be cast for on stage uh, but that they had the perfect voices for and it was the shadow who knows the shadow knows right and it was a lost episode from 1938 and i played a character i played two characters one character who was an archaeologist and was like a victim of some sort of uh scare and a paper boy paper get your papers here <laughs> you're natural paper sir <laughs> please, please please lad a paper 25 cents sir oh my god that's expensive yeah. for the 20s oh five cents sir <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so so that was that was actually the last project that i was in for about a year and then recently did a stage reading and now about to be in this performance for yeah. the space between. So, so I, I, it's been fun to do different mediums. So as an actor that I could definitely bring that to our project. Absolutely. Um, uh, but I was wondering about visual art. Oh, wonderful. This is not my forte. Oh yeah. And I, you know, listen, it'd be my dream to consider myself a visual artist. I'd love to, but I, I don't, but I would love that. It's a dream. Well, we're dreaming here. And I, I have to say that what I came here with, yes. I, I, with a dream also, is dance. <gasps> dance. Now, what kind of dance? Interpretive, expressive, something that celebrates the body, something perhaps that elevates the body to the realm 
of visual art. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe could be inspired by yeah, visual art. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, that was I. That was the thing. Is like you know what I would want to do with Courtney. <laughs> I would want to dance. Um, well, you know, I'm not trained as a dancer, but I like to move. Same here. I am not. I don't even. I'm shy about dancing. I'm nervous. It's something that gives me anxiety. Really. And, and I have to say that every time that there is a lesson plan mm-hmm. created about dance uh-huh. uh, at our place of employment. Mm-hmm. I am. My mind is always blown. I love it. Like I love being a part of like, you know, dance lesson plans. Yeah, they're great. They 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 bring joy. Yeah, dancing is a is a wonderful expression uh, of movement of emotion. I think um, I I love watching dance. Actually, yes. I feel like yes. the uh, you know our summer program has dance in it, and there's just so many. Uh, it's very visceral. Because when you strip away the language and you just have a body in these different shapes and different tempos and moving in uh, to different kinds of rhythms, uh, there's so much story that Absolutely. you can interpret. Yes. Yeah. Are you, are you familiar with the concept of a, a palimpsest? No. What is this? So a palimpsest is like uh, if you, you write a page, you write a page of text uh-huh. you erase that page of text oh. and you write over that page of text and you erase that and so but each time you can never really completely erase anything so that you have these different like layers these different mm. you know um, impressions of what has come before so let me just tell you sort of in broad strokes what like I'm getting from okay. all the things that we're talking about so I love the idea of being outside oh. Okay. And I love the idea of moving our bodies or, or creating maybe our bodies or a troop of, mm. of people that we choreograph. But I, w- I mean, I would love to be in it sort of yeah. with you, sort of front and center. Great. And then perhaps uh, everything else is, is augmented by a, a, a troop of, of beautiful people that we cast, you know. Great. And there are – and we, you know, we – we react to the natural environment where we're in it, with our bodies. Maybe we have these outrageous costumes. Maybe they're form-fitting, you know, so that our lines are very clear. Mm. And then, perhaps this is a, a film or some sort of video. And so over that, overlaid, palimpsest style, overlaid with this sort of outdoor, site-specific dance experience, mm-hmm. this composition, is some sort of text spoken text that we are recording something is it like are we talking about our secrets are we talking Mm. about i don't know what different things in our homes mean that was that was my favorite part really of this cozy zone is when you were talking about all the things in your house that was like it was unbelievable so uh to get a little meta on this cozy zone here but you know uh, so this is i'm i'm merely offering this as like some raw material to mess muck about in and and sort of take i mean that feels like a very formed idea you have a vision um but you know it it needs a bit of love cjb well i (laughs) like i like uh i really like when that guy walked by with the camera, I got kind of excited about media. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So I like the idea of making it a video. Yeah. Because then you can also play with, you know, slowing things down or speeding things up. And like, or and close, in. far, yeah. near, far. So there's some, some real 
creative uh, possibilities there. Uh, and what would it look like? Like, what what does movement look like taken with like an orthoscopic camera? Like, if oh. you went like deep into someone's body, like I, I know maybe that's a, a bit. I'm making a face. Yeah, yeah, which is valid. This is merely a question, and this question comes up because the photographer last night was just up in <laughs> everyone's biz. Like Which I have never well the the gentleman. Okay. He I've never experienced such a close photographer. I I don't recall him being too close. Just every time he would just be like all up in your face. All up in everyone's face. All up in your grill. Yeah, and I was just thinking wouldn't <laughs> it what would it be like from inside? But it's I hard. guess it depends on where your mouth your yeah. Well, there's n- there's only so many entry points. I mean, points. it's all just red in there and like a little <laughs> like gushy. All right, right. I don't know if that's a beautiful. Yeah, it's fair, but it's, uh, but it's honest. An, but it is honest. <laughs> maybe there's a, a portion of it. You know, there could yeah, be yeah, an yeah. interesting. You know, you know how the heart uh, beats faster there as you you're go. moving. Yeah. Maybe there's something you know metaphoric keep, that we yeah. Could, there you we could go. Put in there. You keep it okay. a little classy. Yeah, you know. Keep it classy. Yeah, then. yeah. It's like, well, what about the mucous membranes? It's like, how about the heart? How about the heart? Yeah, all right, all right, <laughs> all right. Scaling back. Well, it's not a. It's it's a. This is where we're co- right. We're yeah, coming. yeah, yeah. This is where we're mixing it we're around. Mixing it up. So, so I like the. I, I see. I like the image of the heart. I like the um, the inspiration of nature mm-hmm. and a response to nature as and part of it. All over the world because we have a lot of money, so we can like fly anywhere we want. Great. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, and we got to go. We probably should go as many places as we can are, go. I mean, are we going to different temperate zones? Yeah. Yeah. Climbs. Different climbs. <laughs> so a desert, uh, the rainforest, yes, a please. volcano, please, perhaps? please, uh, 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 the ocean, the ocean, Arctic's, uh-huh, uh-huh. the poles. Yeah. All of this. So yeah. So all of the different landscapes. So we're we're working in landscapes here, and we're working in, but also like, for me, that sets up this like really beautiful tension between like the majesty and like infiniteness of geography and nature, and then the frailty and brief brevity and of the human body, Mm. sort of in like the the impossible, like human beings. What are we doing, man? We are just look. I mean, we're in this arboretum. We're near nature, mm. but there's pavement. There's there's garbage. That's there's garbage, yeah. there's there's graffiti. There's an old sign. You know, the, uh, we have we have we must control mm-hmm. nature, and so maybe we seek out places where you can't you can't control. Like there is, it is impossible to affect this place like we go where it, the the very landscape is is taxing to a human body it feels like a volcano yeah definitely right? volcano but also what you said like arctic right. like you know uh uh except the, that the, you know it's melting well that's you know so yeah i mean this, but yes it's still uh, like it feels like harsh climbs though harsh climbs so those are the things you can't control yeah uh and there's uh, yeah I, what about waterfalls? Yes. Like, there uh, are mighty waterfalls. There are mighty, mighty waterfalls. Yeah. And you can't control that. Iguazu. What? what? I don't It's somewhere. It's a, I, I saw an IMAX movie oh, with Iguazu, Iguazu Falls. I think it's in Ecuador? No. I don't know where it is. I've, I've never heard about it. It's, a, it's oh, in oh, South it. America. 
I want to go to South America someday. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying. Okay. So, like, Sorry. we... But what I mean is, like, everywhere, like, why don't we use the foundation's money to say, like, hey, like, yeah. we need to, like, make these site-specific dances in all of these... Now, with the dances... So, the dances themselves would be different in each climb, right? Oh, yeah. So, maybe what we should do is find a, a, a different choreographer for each of the locations. Yes, um, please. Yep. But, but we should use the same dancers. Okay. Yeah. Movers, because... If you could, if we're filming this, then, you know, there could be a really lovely juxtaposition between the choreographer's work and the location with these same bodies. And there's still this idea of palimpsest because if, like, each choreographer will have a different vision, will ah. have a different flavor, mm. and but it will be, you cannot erase one choreographer's work from the body of a right. dancer like there's still like there's still residue and there's residue from the individual dancers if, yeah but what if what if there was uh, a theme you know that could be broadly interpreted uh-huh. for each location overall yeah and then the, each choreographer is responding to the theme and the location great in terms of their their creation great and then what if there was also like an echo? I don't know if this is your Pala. Pala. Key, talk, talk to me about this so, echo idea. <laughs> that there's, in some way, there is uh, a reference to the other pieces in each piece. An echo. Yes. So yes. It's not, it's not yes. like a hard, it, it, but it could be. It's not a break. No. But I mean, uh, and that there, it's in order, right? That there's like, there's a history because yeah. you can't help like, presumably the first dance we're fresh with, we're all new to the project, you know, like we're all like right. getting to know each other. But then, you know, as like necessarily through time and experience and all these things, mm-hmm. you know, we are changed, we age, we, you know, there's all sorts of it things happening. Like boyhood. Like you, you yeah. film it over like yeah. a long period of time. Yeah, well, I, I mean, yeah. And then, and then, you see that you see like the dancers become a landscape, and they're old. And they could well, you know, it depends on what, how young they are when they start. Right. But yeah, older but they, age. they change. Yeah, yeah. yeah their what would be the last? What would be the last location? So the question is the like, what is the first and what is the last? Oh, gosh. And then what is the so theme? Sequencing. Okay. Uh, Because the volcano... I love the volcano. Me too. Me too. I see the ice. I see the Arctic. I see a desert like the Sahara. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wa- uh, mighty waterfall. A mighty waterfall. Where is that? It could Niagara Falls. But I feel like there's another one somewhere. Some, yeah, we can always go to... We can yeah. just drive. Let's go do a quick in, drive. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe it's in... Uh, that's where it is. Thailand, maybe. Yeah. Wherever it's... <laughs> wherever it's the level. Wherever at. waterfalls may be. Yeah. The shadow knows. Um... <laughs> Baby. <laughs> Baby, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> uh, um, wait, what was the question? <laughs> what are we talking about? What is the first and what is the last location and what is the theme? The theme... I feel like... Oh, I, I was going with location. Okay. I feel like we, what we didn't talk about was mountains. We didn't. I love mountains. Um, there are apparently like really amazing mountains in Chile. Is that correct? That makes sense, like uh, Patagonia. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I feel like maybe we want to be elevated for the top. For the beginning. Yeah. We begin on our mountain, on which mountain. is a beautiful yeah. like place to be. Mm-hmm. That's great. And so we begin on our mountain. And what is the opposite? Oh, and then the mountains erupt in a volcano? Maybe. Is that the... Yeah. Is that the, the sure. That's terrifying. That's yeah. like the destruction of everything. <sighs> or is it the sea, the tranquility, the, the freeze? Yeah, maybe. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Uh, and then maybe we go right, yeah, into the Arctic. Oh, from the mountains? Or uh, from... Or no, oh, I was that going for, I was... I, I like the image of being on the mountains... A crazy explosion. Uh, uh, uh. Now volcanic ash yes. everywhere, oh. and it's like rolling down. Right, so now we're getting towards water. It would. It would. I would love the ending to hint at like a rebirth, like a hope, yeah, hopefulness. Okay. And I'm not sure what kind of landscape would would signify that. Well. I'd like to get the desert in there somewhere. Yeah, so that's not yeah, not worth. it. No, no. But the but desert maybe is that's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, uh, a rainforest could be a rainforest feel rebirthy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but then there, there's the deforestation oh, that's fraught, no. and then the rainforest. Right. But I wonder, like, I wonder, I wonder if there's like rain, like if we manage to like mm. find rain in the desert, like an un- unlikely desert situation mm. where you know where like there's a bloom or like the saguaros have a bare fruit it's like the cactus or like there's a little owl mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> an owl and a cactus there uh, there is there's a children's book that i had oh. called desert poems it's not called that mm. but there with there owls sometimes live in cactuses it's very cute that's interesting mm. Are you serious right now? I swear to God. <laughs> okay. I swear to God. I'll send you. I've never, I've never seen this. I, There's so much I haven't seen. Yeah. Though, I mean, so. I'm not. I, this is, I've only seen it in a book. Okay. Never. And I haven't seen big saguaro cactuses. Um, but maybe the desert is it. Maybe that's it. And but somehow there's like hope. Hope within the. There's desert. like a little puddle or like a little oasis. Hmm? Oasis. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I wonder if water is it though. Water feels, although, you know, the ocean. Water as a theme or water as hope? As hope. I see. Yeah. I mean, or or maybe the theme is hope. Mm. Yeah. I would, I, I need that. Right. I want that. For our world. Oh my God. I want it so bad. Yeah. Cause we have, we could, we could fix it all. We could be more. We could be better. We could be better. As hope a, as a whole. Hope is a great theme. Yeah, let's go with hope. And I like the idea that hope over the years. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the dancers growing, aging. Yeah. And maybe we should have dancers of all ages, all different kinds of ages. Yes. So that yes, you really can see the change. Yeah. <gasps> I'm just, and I'm, I'm, I'm imagining that like there's maybe an establishing shot in each place where everyone's like in their formation, yes. and you see like a quick fade of like each one, and like you see like the people change. Yeah. Oh, ooh. Yeah. Have that you might s- be 
the epilogue. The epi- the um the preep. The preep. That's the preep. That's the preep. So preep, the yeah. Prologue. Prologue or the main log. But I can see the last frame <laughs> the last frames doing that too. Yeah. Like the morphing mm-hmm. of each dancer. Have you have you seen have you heard of the the Koyaanisqatsi? <laughs> the Koyaanisqatsi. <laughs> love. There have been so many people walking past us, just staring. Yeah, that staring the, at us. They were the, the they were the first people that were just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> no, there was another with the media crew. There was that that girl who literally she was like all the way over there and still looking back either wanting to know if I was looking at her, which I was, but I wasn't actually paying attention. Yeah. Or still trying to understand what but, are we doing? But that lady but was, that lady was pissed. Like, she's like, what did they think they're doing? What is this? What no. is this? I say no to this. That's right. Well, too bad. Well, it's happening. Lady. It's on you can't stop it. Um, I love the idea of hope. Uh, oh, but I was asking you oh, the yeah. Koyana Scotsy movies poanaskatsi nako naska okay it it's uh they're they're videos about like the about like earth and earth being tired and it's a hopey word about like the earth like being fucked up um but anyway philip glass did the soundtracks and they're all like shot on very you know large scale film anyway th- it has a, a resonance i'm gonna i'll share it with you I'd but like they're they're nice i think they're on youtube i think that's good you know research absolutely for a project yeah i agree and so then that's the other thing we have to do a lot of research yeah oh yeah and a to, lot of you know better understand the different climates yes you know, we, there might be a climate that we're not thinking about absolutely um uh, and and then brackish you know, do, uh like scout scouting yeah, we got to go and we got to meet. Mm-hmm. I'm you I mean, know you s- expensive project. That's but we have unlimited funds, I which love is it. lovely. And so when you said a different choreographer for each Oh, that's another. And it made me think like could we could we buy local as it were? Like <gasps> is there a choreographer Ooh. based in the region oh, like who this. has like, you know, a a sort of a spiritual oh, connection we're going to real worldly now. Well, I love it. Yeah. And we would need some translators. We would need translators. Perhaps we Meridian. We would need to <laughs> <laughs> By the way, awesome choice. I was very pleased with that. Uh, on the record. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it more later. Oh, I can't wait to hear more about that. Um, <laughs> you know that when I read that, I was so like, yes. I know. Um, but yeah, we'll need some translate. I, what I like about this idea, this part of the idea, is a cult. We're getting a cultural thing. Yeah, a cultural uh, interpretation of the theme. Yeah, of hope. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. I don't want to call it the Hope Project. No, no, no. We de- we're co- we haven't gotten to right. titles no, yet. No, we haven't. But, I, we haven't. but it's just more the theme. Yeah, yeah. Right? Absolutely. But, I'm into the but theme. But I feel like now that we have that piece of the puzzle, we're closer to a title. Yeah. So so co- let's just recap. So we're making a a, a, a film project yeah. that is of interpretive dance or dance pieces dance pieces inspired by a particular climate in a particular location yes choreographed by a a dancer who lives in that uh, region yes and 
we we're just tossing out to them in terms of creating your choreography think about hope that's right and the the cast of dancers uh is intergenerational yes. multi-generational yes and i think we star and we star and we're we're of a different generation yeah, a little so bit slightly yeah i'm an x you're in y or am I millennial? I don't think so. Uh, wait, when were you born? 85. Oh, yeah, you're a millennial. Oy. Yeah, Ugh. welcome. Ugh. There you are. It's awful. I'm definitely not a millennial. You're so lucky. <laughs> I don't want to be a millennial. <laughs> what guess. does it even mean? I don't really understand. It's garbage. It's a the millennials is just like a synonym for garbage. Oh. That's what it sounds like in all the rhetoric. Oh, wow. It's just rhetoric. It's propaganda. Ugh. I will say though the generation X is apparently the most happy generation ever. How are you? Well, you feeling I'm pretty it? Pretty happy. Yeah. I live life, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I'm and I'm just I'm just garbage. Well, I fi- no. <laughs> no no no. But I find that there, <laughs> the, I find that people, young people, either they are. Uh, this is a gross generalization, it's but okay. either they are. Um. Like they live life to like crazy fullest. Like they're crazy. Mm-hmm. They do things that I'm like, what? What are you doing? Uh, or they live life through fear, and that is a terrible thing. I think. I'm governed by fear. I. This is a terrible thing. I know. Um, therapy is good. Yeah. Art is good. Art is yeah. Art is good. I feel like you know. You said yourself that you lead you lead with your heart. Yeah. But if there's a layer of fear over your heart, you know that's a that's a real challenge. That's true. You got to break through the fear, man. I know. And, and you know, and I think it's it's not, f- uh, you know, the, the people that I was dealing with in talking to them more more frequently because you know generally I work with students. Yeah. In schools, yeah. not in college necessarily. Right. I feel like people who are about to break out, you know, graduate and break into the work field, they are the ones who are the most fearful. Yeah. Um, and I, I get, I understand theoretically why. Right. And I just wonder, you know, what that's about. And I, I, Coming back to the project, because I lo- again, I like that hope mm-hmm. is at the heart of it. Yes. Um, and I, I do, I don't want to forget or drop the heart. Hope is where uh, the heart is. Hope is. That's not the title. I'm not going there. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm trying it out. Just no, that's not it. That's great. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm happy. It's not it. H H project. H H. But what you know? I'm really picturing like a a, a, a village now, uh, a shaman or somebody mm-hmm, creating mm-hmm. a dance yeah. or putting in you know giving us their uh, a cultural dance. Yeah. Uh, I want that so I, bad. I would love to do something like that. Yeah, and you have to you have to peel back the fear. I and agree. It's not that I don't have fear. I'm just saying, like peeling back the fear. I'll say that maybe it's like a flap. You know, it's like a flap. Like you could just pull it back a little bit. Yeah. Let your heart and your passion through, or or recognize it, or, um, you know, I I am. They were, they were all right. Um, I'm acknowledging my fear more than maybe in the past, and I'm noticing it. It is in it is infused with m- many 
aspects. Well, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, acknowledging it yeah. helps to dissipate yeah. it. Yeah. That's true. Uh, so keep doing that. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep I will. on keeping on. I'm going to read my morning pages. I th- it feels like that's a fear of yours. It is a fear of mine. I, I am excited to hear that you are doing it. You need not tell me more than that. Well. But when you do, let me know. know. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Yeah. Hope. Hope. The Hope Project. HH. No, I think I think we don't have to go with the theme. Great. For the title. I think it's more... I have this song in my head now. It's like a techno song or a house song. Around the world, around the world. Oh, that's a world. Daft Punk song. Yeah. Around the world, around the world, around the world. Uh, yeah uh that's funny that's a good song i uh, love that song it's such a good song yeah but that's all they say right around the world yeah it probably like morphs into (laughs) i don't even know what that's called doing that thing modulating Modulating, i don't know maybe maybe uh around the world in 80 hopes. <laughs> uh, no. I know, I know. I I think it needs to be like a little bit cryptic. Yeah, a little so less on the nose. A little li- yeah, yeah, a little more poetic. Poetic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what we should do is we should write a whole bunch of things, race them, write a bunch of things and What about uh, uh, oh, I just had an idea, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't have words to it. Can it you, an image. Can you describe <laughs> the image? Bless you. <laughs> um, there was a person a, sneezing. Yeah. Uh, in the distance. Giant phone. Well, I was seeing a tablet and like, uh, you know, when you, like a grave, you like, a grave etching. Etching, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. So I feel like if we were to, I don't know. There's something about etching. Etching. Um. A rubbing. Nope. Nope. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what's the What's the actual act called? Of uh, this. It's a, it's a rubbing, but that's not what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, an impression in it. Uh. uh Lithography. Lithograph. Lithograph. Overlay. Overlay's not bad. No? No. Overlay. 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 I'm thinking, so I'm thinking of like the Manderlay, which is I think a bar, a part of like Sleep No More. Hmm. But overlay. Hmm. And so what is this? The act of of this local choreographer transmitting a dance to our multi-generational or or intergenerational crew. Mm -hmm. There's a transmission. There's a, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's like a song. There's an oral tradition. There's a. Transpose? Transposition? Yeah, some sort of like music. Transcription, 
Um, inscription. No. no. Inscription. Overlay. Overlaying. Overlay something. I if there was an another if I feel like with another like overlay overlay inscription for me overlay. but like where like global overlay nope no but I like I like global and I like overlay but th- together they're no. awful but what what if you flip them what did you say I said global overlay overlay global no overlay over over globe. So aging is about time, is about forward motion. Momentous. Momentous, momentum, moment. Moment overlay. Minutia. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) It's okay. Uh... Around the world, 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 around the world. So we're dancing, we're moving. Well, maybe that's it. Around the world, colon, overlay. Yeah, overlay around the world, around the world, colon, overlay. Yeah. I think we got. I think that that's fine. Like, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Those are lovely. Those are yeah. Because the overlay is the metaphor, right? And around the world is on the nose. Oh, yeah. Chick monk. Around the world, colon overlay. Let's do it. And and it should be like the title treatment should be like um, around the world, and the O should be the globe. Ah. <gasps> Right and the colons and then overlay. Um, the colons are also globes. Two globes. No, no, just a regular. No, but colon. they could be something. They could be something. There could be like an Hearts, image inside them. A heart them. and a spleen. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. Too but much. It could be. It could be. You know, some sort of climate. Our faces. Oh, our faces. <laughs> <laughs> and then overlay has like different layers. I right? like I or and is ita- like in italics. Yes, overlay. It's nice. Or, or it's in like, it's like it overlap, like the word, the letters overlap. Okay. In some way. Yeah. <laughs> Corny, around the world. This overlay. is, I th- oh, around the world overlay. And you could say it like overlay. <laughs> yeah. You could say it however you want. And everyone would say it different because they're they from would. all over. It's oh, yeah, buddy. Oh, <laughs> oh buddy. Overlay. Overlay. Over. Overlay. Oh, buddy. Oh, <laughs> my God, Courtney. This has been epic. I remember when I first asked you to do Cozy Zone, you were like, yeah, I'll do it, but I'm not going to do two hours. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just so you know, we're at, we're at 224. Oh, my gosh. Well, I sure can talk. It's been... Unbelievable. It's been <laughs> such a pleasure and an honor. This has been really fun. I'm really glad that we ended up doing it here. Me too. Because we had other locations, but this Maybe the Brooklyn Museum. Yeah. We would have I think or we would have gotten in trouble. Uh I would have we would have worked it out. All right. We would have worked it out. Yeah. But I think this was 
This was it. I have uh, had a, a grand old time. Me too, Courtney. Thank you so much for inviting me and, oh. you know, busting my, my chops around oh. the two hour mark. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and I hope that, uh, I hope you have much success with your Thank you. cozy zone. Thank you, Courtney. <laughs> um, should we say, leave by singing Around the World? Yeah. Too? Around the world, around the world, around the world, around the world. You can sing, you can sing the melody. Around the world, 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 around the world. Overlay, 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 over, over. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Ben. We are intimately finding our peaceful, cozy zone. And Ben, he interviews friends. It's awkward and then it's cozy zone. Occasionally, it's a lovely thing to be nosy in somebody's cozy zone. So please, snuggle up sweet. A beautiful thing, it's cozy zone.